0: what's up mr lobo of 999 official my name is what's going on holden stefan roy this is bridge the gap the show where we talk to interesting people such as yourself and we go through your life story and we try to extract knowledge nuggets from your existence so as to better all of our collective understandings as human beings and such so um with that, it's super cool. I just wanna let y'all know that this guy apparently smoked Chris Chrome in a little competition recently, is how it was recorded back to me. <laughs> That's how this that little interview came to be. Chris was like, Yo, you gotta check out these nine 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 official guys, they're so good. Da 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 And I was like, Okay, we've gotta talk wow, to
1: them. <clears> appreciate that.
0: So it's so, awesome.
1: Yeah, cool dude's Chris Chrome. Yeah.
0: So he's the guy who's gonna edit this after. So shout out Chris Chrome for holding. Awesome. Like there that. you
1: go at uh, the best parts bro <laughs>
0: <laughs> so basically um yeah uh to get this off started right i do have a proper opening question but before we do that can right. you just let the people know where you start your life that's actually really important information for the opening i started question. my
1: life in chile santiago south america born what? and then my parents came all the way down here man How- in 81
0: so so you were like born there and they came there when you were a baby
1: Yes, sir. When I was three years old.
0: Understood, and then you came to Montreal at that point.
1: Directly, awesome. Montreal. Yeah,
0: that's so, that's pretty fucking cool, though. Um, so with that, though, my first question is a little bit of a, a, a story, and when it lands, you okay. will be able to like take it away and uh, you know just answer however it feels natural. We'll go from there, and it all starts off with of my girlfriend, and she's washing the dishes one time, and she's got her phone out and she's playing the Black Eyed Peas song. I got a feeling. She's vibing and she's dancing (laughs) and she's doing her thing. And I look at her and I go, when in the fuck did this song become chores music? right like because if you think about this song you run it back like 10 years it's middle of the night party music in montreal we was all about that circle that we would do and like people would jump around and shit run it 10 years in the future the song doesn't change at all because it's a song we all get a little bit older in life and now that song is no longer party music so much as it's the music we put on when we're doing boring things like chores and working out but wishing we were partying and doing all the fun stuff again and that got me like thinking about the, the the musical journeys we all go on and stuff like how them 20-year-olds, they'd be running around with the pop smokes and the drills, and they don't even know that that's the future chores music of their life. Like, they don't know. I heard pop smoke and started doing my little woo dance while I'm washing dishes now, and that's just the, the circle right. of life as it be. And it got me thinking about, like, how... When you talk to artists and you watch these interviews and different things, you often see people start their story at the exact same spot, this adolescence place where identity starts to form. Like, I'm 12 years old and I started hearing these bars or I first heard this, I was nine and it changed my life and all these things. And All of that is a very important part of an artist's story. Don't even get me wrong. But it kind of overlooks like the whole first part of the story that's equally as important. Like when you came out of hospital up in Chile and whatnot, there's a good chance there was some music playing up on some speakers and it was being absorbed by a little baby you, even if you don't even remember it. And I say that because I can Oh, I remember. (laughs) That's wild. I can remember being like five and stuff in you know, in Montreal here, in the little apartment in Coast St. Luke. My dad's got the gray boxes all over the preamp to the tape deck, the radios and shit And he's got the wires going to the speakers for that, like, homemade surround sound experience. And he'd be playing his Led Zeppelin tapes and stuff like that in the day at nighttime, though. MC Mario Club mix. That's what was going on. That kind of stuff. (laughs) My mom, she was more the discos and the musicals and the romance songs and that whole bunch of different vibes. Add in some pops and, you know, Disney, etc. And you got this whole, like, soundscape of stuff you're almost forced to listen to before you have any control over what you choose to listen to in your life. So I was hoping you could bring us back to being the youngest Lobo you can remember being and walk us through a little bit what it sounded like to be you growing up before you had any control over
1: it. Well, the the earliest I could remember, like the oldest, not to say the oldest music, but... Michael Jackson was a big part of it. I mean, as tacky and corny as it, as it sounds, because it's like, I guess for a lot of a lot of us from the 70s, 80s, when I heard that off the wall album, I was like, wow, who, who's this? I mean, the beats, the, the rhythms, the, the voice, the, the choruses, the bridges, all that just took me, blew me away. So I was like, I was sucked in at a young age with music, you know, and my parents used to play records all the time. Mm. Of Michael Jackson. I mean, old school, Spanish, you know, romantic songs. All these classical dudes: Camilo sesto, Buga, Julio Iglesias, all that. So that was always in my house. And plus, my sisters were like a lot older than I am. Okay, they were playing, like you said, Led Zeppelin, you know, Jim Morris, and all that. so it all came at. I noticed Michael Jackson, MJ. I noticed him. I took a took a took a big part of my musical, you know likings but then with my sisters and everything i started getting into a whole you know a lot a lot more you know a lot a big variety if you want to call it that you know a big variety of uh, of other musics and styles yeah and it's super so that's the earliest
0: because everybody kind of answers that different although the michael jackson people from what i've been told you had to have been there and unless you were there you would not be saying things like drake compares to michael jackson
1: yeah man yo bro i had the gloves I had the jackets with the zippers, you know, like <laughs> I went all out, you know, Now if the moves and all that. You know what? I, I wasn't sort of attached to the movements and learn to dance. I was really into like listening to the music and like separating the sounds at an early age. Okay. I could separate sounds, which back in the days, as you know, LPs, you know, which is like a great sounding way of listening to music. You could hear the sounds really well, the way it was mastered to put on LPs. So I just remember that that's what caught my attention. Yeah, the moves were amazing. He's an amazing dancer in the videos and all that. But you know, for a lot of us that came here from other countries, the TV wasn't the first thing we had. You know, okay. it was the the boombox. It was the the, the the music. You know, it was the the records, the Actually, speakers. That's a you know, really, so
0: was- really interesting point that you just said that I've never thought about. Because like you just said, you basically you immigrate here when you're really young and your family doesn't have right. a TV or as a lot of people who might have grown exactly would have just had that TV based off of yeah. not having the costs that come with immigration.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly what it was now. Don't get me wrong. Like it wasn't, didn't take that long for us to get a TV, right, right, right. but that, that moment, that gap no, where no, I was, was introduced to all these kinds of sounds and musics and being here, you know, Montreal, which is super diverse and multicultural, I caught on right away to music like just watching my sister play records and watch my mom on Sundays when it was cleaning time, you know, play these slow tunes from South American Spanish tunes and, you know, French tunes, uh, Joe Dassin and all that. So it was a big variety. So I was already like separating and dissecting music at an early age, you know, listening to the bass line and knowing that that was the groove and the rhythm, you know, that's what got you moving and, and once again, like I said, I didn't jump into the the the, the aspect of, of, of the dancing in the videos because, like I said, there was a gap there, but as soon as the videos came and you could actually see the artists still, I was trying to, you know, like wonder how, how they do all that, you know, how they make music because now you just see the guy dancing and you just see the guy singing but there's nobody playing the, mu- the music, you know, for the, for the for the music that had no bands, you know, like Michael Jackson right. and stuff like that, you know. But for everything else, yeah, of course. Okay, so that's a super interesting
0: point too. It might not be that like I've never thought about that before because since I'm like growing up, I'm born in '87. So for me, by the time I'm cognizant of stuff, like you know, it's kind of you get it, right? Everyone gets how it all works. But to go from the period of like everything's bands to all of a sudden you're seeing people without bands, that must have been like that's supposed to be crazy big for a kid to like yeah exactly
1: process. Yeah, cause it was a lot coming in. I mean, the '80s, man. I mean, you know, you got so many class. You, know, you got Prince, you know, Michael Jackson. You got Queen. You got, you know, uh, I could name a million of them. Sade, which I'm a huge fan of. Sade, you know, as soon as I heard the first Sade records, I was like, oh my god, like that's it. You know, that's that's what it, that's what music sounds to me. You know, that's that, that's music to me. You know. I wasn't really, you know, connected right away to the electronics. I like disco, but, you know, it was like from my sister's era. So I wanted my own thing, you know. And then when I started figuring out, you know. And then yeah.
0: because you had your older sisters and you said significantly older, they was the ones doing all the, dirt, uh, all the lifting, finding the music, and you just get to absorb yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And so, Yeah,
1: the crate digging. I remember uh, Sam's Music downtown. Mm, I, I remember them taking me once there when I was a little kid and, Just them going through the, you know, digging in the crates, you know, looking for stuff and bringing home back stuff and listening to it and being like in complete awe because I had no say, right? Right. I'm a little, I'm a little wolf at that time, you know. (laughs) I'm a cub.
0: So that's cool though. That like already though, at a super young age, you're like in a sense breaking down stuff and getting into producer mode before, because most people don't go there right away. You're one of the first people I talked to. I was like, yeah, that's what I yeah. thought was super cool. And then, then the rest of it came, okay, but there was the fucking
1: sound. Yeah, it came back. much, much later because my thing was basketball. As soon as I was a teenager, mm-hmm. my thing was like basketball. It was basketball here because I'm 6'5", right? So right, it right. was like a, it was like written for me, you know, like, yeah, you got to play basketball. So I played basketball. Which you know? high
0: school did you go to? Played
1: basketball in the streets, yeah, yeah. And for the schools, for Ville Saint Laurent, you know. And uh, that was a dream, you know. And, but then I broke my leg. And then I had a lot of time at home watching movies and listening to music, you know? So that's that was another part of my life that things sort of started, you know, taking place, taking right. form, you know?
0: So basically, you, you, you're you you're into, like, music as, like, more of us say, as, like, a fan of it all, right? And then you're consuming it. Yeah, you don't completely. really have any big aspirations. You're being a kid.
1: Not really. Because I don't idolize... Um, I don't... That's my personal take. I, I don't idolize, you know, like musicians, artists, or, you no know, actors and people that are in the entertainment business as idols, you know, like, oh, my God, that's my idol. Or mm. that's what I idolize for making or loving music. I just, you know, I just see music as it's a form. It's it's unique because it's it's theirs. It was that person's, you know, moment of writing something, of producing something, you know, and even before I ever started producing, like I told you that that gap of just listening and intaking everything. It was just listening, you know, like liking, knowing what I like, you know, you, you, there was a lot of melodies in those times too, you know, which is what, you know, the nineties, when the nineties hip hop and everything came in, you know, not a lot of the tunes that had melodies. you know, it was more samples and a lot was, of, you know, grimy. Verses. Yeah, exactly. 30, 32 bars, 48 bars, Nine you know, guys on a song. it was an endless, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's, that's the other part that comes later on, you know, when you start producing, then you start thinking, yeah, I need melody because I, I need a good chorus for this track. Mm. So that's, that's how I relate to music. I go back to those things, you know, like I pinpoint times in my life where I was listening to songs when I make beats and, I, you know, I, I tend to go in that mode and not, a re, not to recreate whatever kind of melody, but I go back to moments, you know. I believe that when I create music, I, I, I create a moment in time, you know, I create a moment in the music. Because it's momentary, whether you like it or not, you know. Right. I'm when I'm making music, I'm not trying to make something that's timeless or that it's periodic to a certain point, but I just make it, you know. And then honestly, it that's like, what comes out.
0: That's one of the more artist ways to approach music, if you ask me, where yeah, it's absolutely. less about the end goal and more about the expression.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. And
0: I find that really because cool.
1: you always start making music like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this today, and it never comes out like that. At yeah. least not for me. Um, that's what 90% of the time happens, you know? I have
0: to, like, marinate on an idea for six months to be able to pull off uh, this. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Spontaneously, nah,
0: I'll be, like, starting a verse over here and it's all the way over there by the end and it just does not go. Yeah. You know? And I think that's cool. Music is is great like that. Um, And then you basically yeah. transition into basketball because of height, which is a fair point.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and I loved it. I was good at it. I was a center, you know, chosen for the Jeux du quebec okay
0: unfortunately um, like,
1: because uh, of my leg injury it was kind of hard to you know catch up with the other guys and shit so you know
0: so like uh how old were was you that when you got the leg injury
1: oh uh, that was 90 91 i believe 91 92 yeah and then 92 93 became the musical when music started coming in you know first i started listening to cypress hill you know I get, a, I get an attachment because, of course, you know, they're, they're Latino. So mm-hmm. I was listening to hip hop before that. Cool More D, run DMC back in the 80s. I was listening to all that. But when I saw Cypress Hill and then some other cats and cats I related to, you know, uh, it made it, it made it almost seem like, hey, maybe, maybe I could do this. You know, so I just started writing little poems. I used to write poems for, for girls at school that wanted to write poems to their boyfriends. Imagine yeah. for girls, not guys, for the girls imagine so you wrote, so how like, my you wrote and...
0: poems for girls that were trying to impress guys like as a
1: ghost writer so you were a exactly. high school
0: ghostwriter.
1: <laughs> something like that you can call it that you could call it that man seriously i never thought about it like that but that's what it was man i mean you dropping yeah. bars
0: to help girls get a little action in dropping
1: bars bro i yeah, bet that's man. a whole
0: business model waiting to be had today
1: <laughs> yeah imagine that eh Imagine Bro, that. You well, I mean, t-shirt. now you go on Google and yeah, exactly. The swindler, Tinder swindler <laughs> at school. Shit, yeah.
0: That's still a good way to practice too. And then you gotta practice different voices for the different girls and
1: yeah, man. All that, all that was molding. Well, I guess like everybody else, right? Anybody else, actually, you know, your life molds you. I mean, yeah. I, I believe that. You know, uh, nobody nobody heals from being a kid right whatever happens to you as a kid stays with you no matter if it's good or bad or amazing it stays with you And that's what molds you into being who you are later on it's just what you do with it afterwards you know? facts i mean and as soon as i i got an affinity to to music because i could touch it i bought myself a dr a d a boss dr 55 i always forget 50 55 or 505 and i started making my beats on it
0: what is it what kind of machine is that
1: it was like, it wasn't a sample. It was like a production station, like let's say the early days of like you know the MPCs and all that. Okay, so like early should... early days. It's a boss. It was called Boss BR DR Doctor Fifty Five or Five Hundred Five. I can't, right. can't remember. That was my first machine. So in nineteen ninety eight. So that, captures... so that yeah. thing where let you capture sounds
0: and manipulate them, or how yeah, you
1: could it? produce. It had like sort of like a little keyboard thing, you know that it told you whether the keys were black or white, and then had of all kinds of patterns and, mm. and sounds and shit. So I used to start making melodies with that and creating my own beat patterns, you know, learning how to mold it, you know.
0: So hold up. You're 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 learning how to make beats in like the early nineties over here.
1: Yeah. That's I started like I told you, ninety eight. Ninety eight, ninety nine. 98,
0: 99, I bought late, my first my machine. Late 90s. But still, late 90s is yeah. still pretty early on. And it was just because you saw Cypress Hill, got inspired, and then started getting into music on because yeah, as
1: soon as I saw Cypress and all them, you know, the Wu-Tang, of course, and, you know, Black Moon and Tribe Called Quest, and I can go on, right? We know them all. But as soon as I heard that 90s sound at the early beginning, you know, 92, 93, like the, the golden era, you know, like starting of that era, I got hooked on right away. And then... Me and my boy used to go to HMV and just like listen to records all day long, skip school just to do that. Mm. Just to put on the little headphones in the corner there, you could give them CDs and they would play them for you. And they had like five or six of them. And we used oh, to stay shit, there, like, I forgot about that. Straight. Yeah, man, St. Catharines, that big HMV mm. they had, you could go downstairs and they played your CDs. You could sit down, it was like a little bar thing. It was super cool, man.
0: Yeah,
1: so cool. yeah, that. that Got me in right away, you know. And so, like, did you
0: know anybody else who produced what? Like, like, did you know what? other people here that got you inspired? Like, was there anyone that, like, pointed you in the right direction? Or did you just kind of figure it out on your own?
1: No, I think uh, I, afterwards I had some problems in uh, SEC 5 last year of uh, high school. And I uh, went to live with my sister in Quebec City. And I met some uh, French dudes that were doing French rap over there. They had uh-huh. a DJ. They were all really organized. They were beat making. You know, they were... They had shows and stuff like that. And I was friends with the, the DJ, so right away I, I I got I caught on right away. Although they were doing French, I was still writing my own little things, but I was always there, you know? Yeah. So you got to so see that. A lot of these dudes nowadays are still like. doing music. Yeah. That's wild. So that's 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 when it really happened, you know. That, that was ninety six. Then okay. I came back from ninety six from Quebec City, and that's when I told you like I was out, I wanted to make beats to go with these little poetic rhymes that i had you know like there were sometimes eight bars sometimes four bars they just these little things i had written and i wanted to spit them you know so i wanted to make my beats because the only beats that i had was like the instrumentals from like you know the, the the 12 inch the singles from you know mob deep and stuff like that right yeah where they would like leave. and i used to just instrumental parts yeah, and you could yeah side b and yeah record myself and take deck you know a voice on one to beat on the other and so on and so forth and then, like I told you, I bought my first machine and kicked it from there. And then uh, met some dudes later on uh, from uh, we created Metazon. I don't know if you know Metazon from Montreal. Nah, that's probably it a lot of it. I was just yeah. trying to
0: learn all people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, for the, uh, some people, you know, like the connoisseurs of that era know okay. what we did back then. But we were like a, one big group, like six dudes, you know, one, two producers. Who? I was one of them, one of the main ones. Who was in and the then group? there was Cristobal sorry who else was in the group uh there was kotola uh, who actually makes uh, still beats nowadays in videos uh there was bionda there was uh optima there was megalito there was a bunch of us man there was a bunch of us and that's from there you know when i when i quit the band and i wanted to do my own thing that's when i went full on lobo which lobo means wolf by the way which is my last name mm. lobo means wolf
0: yeah so how long were you so in and this, then i how long were you in the group for
1: i wasn't we were in the band for I would say like two years i i lasted with him we did a, a bunch of shows we went all the way to the cmw at, in toronto okay met chaos and all them dudes back in the days of rascals and all that
0: was it like meeting those
1: guys it was cool man but it was like a you know they're there because of the show right CMW was like, you know, a conference. So they would invite, you know, like unknown bands to do their thing and get a, a chance to promote and, you know, market their CDs and, you know, what they were doing. So that's what we did. Those guys were in the crowd, man. It was super cool. We actually talked to Chaos, who was actually the dopest, dopest dude ever, man. See, so that's was a, totally... so that was a
0: conference.
1: Yeah, the CMW was the music, the Canadian Music Week. That was back in two thousand. One or two, if I'm not mistaken, from my memory, lacks some sense.
0: That's super nifty. Yeah, we did that. I've heard a lot yeah, about these invited. conference things, and I don't know if they still happen, but since I've been around, I haven't heard of any. They of probably them.
1: don't like they used to, because back in the days of the, the internet, you know, we, we didn't have no social media. You know, you didn't have no platform where mm. you could actually promote yourself. So everybody was at those places, you know, like bands and groups and rappers and rockers and, you know, singers and all, writers. They're all there. It's gotta be of a whole shit. bunch of people. Like, all
0: of like Scribble Jam and shit like that. Effectively was yeah. working out into being these kind of conference type events, even if they were still shows and like. I've, as I've talked to different people from different areas, the people who went to these conference things all across the board, are like bro, that shit was real networking. You don't even know we were getting. Yeah, to that's what it the was. cipher was. You don't even know. And that's where all the great you don't even moments know. were there. And now it's like all online, and you're lucky to like talk to anybody in real life anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, eh? You know that contact, that face-to-face, you know, era. It's it's gone. That's why. That's the reason why maybe we have more bands. And more groups and more artists than than what we think we have, you know? Because we're always looking at the same dudes, right? And then you find out there's, uh, like, 50 cats in your neighborhood that do rap and make beats. And, I know there you know, are now...
0: Four, nowadays. I have 403 English Montreal rappers on the list so far. <laughs> I mean, like, actively because of that conversation. I was like, how many? And none of us can put a number on that. That's a right. wild thing.
1: Which is a good thing in a way. That means, you know, like, you know, art has... Evolved in a way when it's in a, it's an everyday life thing for people now, you know, like their parents were probably like how I'm talking about my parents and how I'm with my kids. Cause I play music at the house all the time, a variety of diversity from, you know, from one thing to the next. So I'm pretty sure that's, that's that generation. you know? also
0: like, so I talked to a few like young, young ones, like 17 to 20 type era. And um, let's say in 2012 ish, when I'm getting all serious and YouTube and learning they're doing the same thing but they're at that age and so we all kind of as of like that youtube equalization the entire indie scene lost its age gap it's like
1: totally
0: everybody comes in at that point no matter how old you are and it's weird because the gatekeeping changed i don't really understand the full way it plays out now but it's absolutely different now that like the 12 year olds because these kids would be like 12 telling me about how they're learning how to use pro tools off of YouTube. Yeah, man,
1: there's little wizards
0: and you're like, I had to the do this. Age of technology has surpassed
1: machine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hardware, you know, that you had to learn it and, and press two buttons to make one thing, make the other and edit, you know, with, with little knobs and shit, you know? Yeah. But that's the thing, eh, you know, like quality over quantity, right? Simple, that's how I see it. You know, yeah, we got a whole bunch of, of kids that are into rapping now and a whole bunch of groups that are into being, you know, that they're out there, you know, there's a whole bunch, but what's the quality and all that? Not a lot of them really want to do music. It's just because it's popular now, it's cool. To, you know, back in the days, it was like, you you were good at it, it was something unique. You know, you you something inspired you nowadays, like, you know, my daughter might be rapping next week, you know? Yeah. She thinks it's cool. Yeah, exactly. I will it's say, cool and her friend it's cool.
0: thankfully there are a lot of people in this city that really are doing it for the passion of it. And really care. They might not. All absolutely. Be, like, they might not be everybody's favorite sound and not everybody might agree on the quality level of everybody. I'm not out there, but I've, a lot of people care. A lot of people, I think Montreal is a hornier city than anybody want to admit. That's my analysis. Cause I have a playlist now. I hit shuffle sometimes and I, Montreal's really horny. That's
1: my synopsis. It is. <laughs> like that's it's the melting pot. It has so much of everything. That, but when you know... listen
0: to the music, man, it's like the dudes be like either smashing, trying to smash, or heartbroken. The girls be all about guys or <laughs> is, rapping man. about the power of their pussy. Right? Like, and then I realized the whole city's obsessed with the pee. And yeah man. the whole city and i'm like yeah, damn man. i'm like wow like and i don't think we're aware of it so nobody's really like playing to it with marketing or anything we're all just trying to be like
1: right
0: and i don't think anyone's aware of that yet that everybody in this city's low-key trying to do love shit
1: <laughs> everybody's trying to fuck each other
0: <laughs> and then like and there is stuff like and you, over like you guys where it feels more like Different vibes, don't get me wrong. There's still a good 15, 20% of people that are absolutely standout doing different shits and different lanes. So, like, I don't want to diminish everybody or even claim that I know right. of everybody. But fuck me, is everybody horny from what I could tell?
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know if that's the sex. Crazy. Sex sells, man. Sex, listen, sex doesn't only sell for the people that are on top, you know, like for known artists, but it, it, it sells for. Hmm. It's, it sells individually, like personally, you know, like, you know, it's it's easier to talk about, you know, tits ass and sexual, you know, shit that it is to really talk about like real life things, because unless you're not living it, then it's much easier to go towards, you know, what everybody could do, you know, which is... Say
0: a word. Access. I think you just touched on a really interesting point. because so it's like one of my theories is a lot of people don't live interesting lives. So it's hard to like tap
1: into they look for they look for interesting lives exactly
0: and then most of us can have interesting sex though
1: (laughs) exactly most of us exactly most of us and probably this generation even more absolutely like Like the newer generation's even crazier you know i feel
0: like we we had to do like phone calls and shit yo what's up punky pirate uh we had to do like phone calls and shit to impress girls back in the day now it's all about emoji game I don't even know emoji. That's too. all it is.
1: You feel like it? Yes, I do. Well, I feel I like it too. Well, let's do it. Cool. Boom. Bam. Chop. Yeah, no, that was not my. I mean, I can't people. imagine. I have no idea. I'm completely lost in this. I'm going to argue
0: that it's probably like not as as that as we think, but like for the people that are down, it is that much
1: easier. <laughs> right. It's much easier. Absolutely. Well, if you look at the new generation, too, I mean, like, back in the days, I don't know about you. That was one thing I noticed. There weren't too many, like, let like say, like, good-looking people. There was a few, you know, like, back in the days, the blondes were the, oh, shit, you know, like. I think it's a lot of, you
0: know, um, so I think, okay, so what I think is, and I think about this a lot, because I went to New York City recently. And I had this realization. I didn't really look at girls for, like, a week. I'm like, that never happens in Montreal. Why? Like, and it can't really just be, like, whatever. I think Montreal has this undertone of competitive hotness going on. I don't know how else to put it, but, like,
1: totally, it's man. almost like people, totally.
0: and even dudes, like, let's be real, like, it was made yeah, abundantly man. clear Absolutely. to me. I can never go out really wearing oversized shit no more. I lost a lot of weight. Nothing fits. I got to go drop new money on clothes. We're going back to the office. Think, you know, like and you have to because Montreal's a really vain city like that. So I think what right. ended up happening is along the way we all just just it's just like that. People try a lot harder here than they might in other places.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the new generation. They I mean, they're gorgeous. You know, like what a beautiful generation to be honest with you like i look at my daughters and i look at her people mm-hmm. at her school and i'm like god damn i mean that's also have
0: good dairy good, you know? and like meat standards compared to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to the rest of the <laughs> continent to be honest that might be part of it i was thinking about that too what if it's like that like because i don't know if you like all the fast food restaurants struggle to get into quebec because we have good meat standards and good dairy standards and shit <laughs> right?
1: exactly imagine it makes Who knows? a difference <laughs> yeah. yeah it could be in the food eh? You are what you eat, I guess.
0: And we got like free health. If you put it that
1: way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Free shitty healthcare. But yeah, d- but I... we're not gonna get into that.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, yeah, no, I went, I had to go to the ER the other day, and I was the lowest priority person. And I know that because I was the last one there at five in the morning.
1: <laughs> I can imagine. At least been there too. Yes,
0: you know, he's doing his free. <laughs> I mean it's it's yes, it's like it's, we get. it's a little comforting to know you're the lowest priority person in the ER. A little, a little. <laughs> <laughs> Um so yeah. Yeah. Man. So basically you left that group and you become Mr. Lobo and this is like the early 2000s yeah exactly and you at this point you have some performing experience you've gone in a bunch of shows oh yeah I
1: perform all over the place bro from New York to all the way down south Costa Rica
0: oh you guys went to Toronto
1: like Costa Rica I went to Costa Rica just yeah you. yeah just me
0: and that's like as Lobo or with the group
1: yeah as Lobo. I went as Lobo opened up for a few bands over there and some at this time, you're, groups from Spain
0: you're rapping and producing
1: right I'm rapping and producing exactly. And is it- but then that was a moment in my life where I, I started making a little hotter music, integrating more Latin sounds into my shit. You know, reggaeton was coming out really mm. strong at that time. I didn't, I never really, you know, I'm not going to say I didn't like it because I'm not going to diss on no style because every style has its own thing. Right. But it influenced me in a way that, yeah, I'm Latino. I should, you know, do something with it. It's the thing of the hour. So yeah, it did take some beats, you know, flip them my way, if you want to call it that. And, made some more hot shit let's say radio friendly crap you know just to get it out there and you know, perform and do my things right but as soon as i came back from costa rica i was like yo i, I don't like this <laughs> yeah, <maybe. laughs> i didn't like that I, I mean, it's not me i gotta go back to my roots and that's when i started making beats and i met heavy from 999 official by the way there's i'm only one half yeah. of 999 official heavy's not here unfortunately due to conflicting uh, schedules but uh, right yeah like that's when i met heavy and
0: Hold on. So, shit so you changed basically made pop music against your wishes and you were oh, rewarded yeah. by going to costa rica and stuff
1: yeah well that's why i stayed i went for two weeks and i stayed six months
0: it's been six what's it like in costa rica
1: that's oh, crazy man it's crazy i mean back then imagine this is uh two thousand two thousand and four. 2004 this is 2004, after you know, like a few years of hustling, you know, like trying to get my music out there, performing my stuff, having a few small EPs here and there, always a little rugged, and then getting that opportunity to go to Costa Rica and do some things, and I flipped my my shit completely, like 180 for like two, three months right before going to, to be in that mood, because they were telling me, yo, down here, it's hot, and we're gonna send you down to the beaches where people come from all over, from Sweden, from Germany, and they wanna hear that, you know, dancing shit. They're not gonna to wanna to hear about your life struggles in the streets of Montreal, you know. They wanna hear that shit. You know, they don't wanna hear that shit. So that's when I started, you know, doing some like you say, some pop. Basically, yeah, man. Pop. Simple as that. pop rap
0: i respect the fact that you can do pop rap because there's a lot of underground dudes that claim they can do pop rap until the moment comes and then they have a lot of trouble part of them but i mean that sounds like a worth it experience
1: like right no absolutely well it was easy for me to be honest with you That pop shit, writing those choruses and those bars and all that stuff, it was really easy for me because, like I told you, I came from a background where, Mm. you know, like dancing music in the house, you know, parties, uh, 50 people in an an apartment, my aunts, my uncles, cousins, people dancing, you know, you have that, that was the music of choice, you know, the dancing music, you know. So it was easy for me to like, once again, like I told you before, pinpoint things that, you know, you have to have a good chorus, it has to have a catchy melody. And the rhythm has to be a little faster than what your regular Wu Tang beats might be, you know. Right. So, and so you... it wasn't too hard for me. That was the easy part.
0: And there's a lot of partying. Is that the vibe down there? Like
1: a lot of partying, man. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of partying, yeah. But Costa Rica is a different place, man. It's like a sort of like a Montreal in Central America, right? Right. Because you get people from all walks of life there. Like I met, like I said, I met. German, Swedish, uh, Sweden people from Sweden, uh, French people, uh, people from Montreal, uh, people from all over, and there's people that live there that come from all over the place. So, yeah, I I was with the Costa Rican people, but uh, I was also surrounded by a whole bunch of other, you know, people from all over. It was pretty dope. It was dope.
0: It must be like a a good experience, right? Because like I find not everyone travels, right? And right. uh, the lack of traveling kind of makes it harder to be broad with your art. I find. Right. <clears throat> you gotta say like, you probably want to travel if you want to get out there. Like, not it's not like a requirement, but like at a certain age, you kind of want to travel to just to get the experiences in because it's gonna help you. Yeah, I know. Nice. So to be able to like be exposed to so many parts of the world and, and expats. And I think that's the term for people that go to other countries like that uh, from all this, that must right. be wild. Cause those are like alternative people all over on top of that. They're not even like your average exactly. people that end up there. That must've been fine. Exactly. Did you end up doing yeah, it any was, like, it was awesome. like music videos or anything back then, or is video technology still too expensive? Nah, man.
1: To be honest with you, the, the, the videos I got in by making my own videos, like recently, you know, that's when I started getting in. And I'm talking to you, I've been in the music for, well, been in it. I've been making music since 98, right. 98, 99, early 99 till now. So we're, we're talking over 20 years, you know, and those are the first. but uh, in those 20 years, yeah, we, we had, we did have a lot of propositions for making videos, but I mean, back in the days, man, making a video, you don't hear none of this like two thousand grand like now back in the days making the videos was like six seven eight thousand mm. you know the, the real cameras you know the lighting guy the this the that the girl for the makeup and all that it's no joke so a lot of that i think you know a lot of that side of the of the music industry here in montreal a lot of people were like fuck it we're doing shows that's how we're you know and from the shows yeah you would get the videos from that right you know like the live performances which is what helps a lot of artists from here
0: but I explained back back in the Lynch, days, actually cuz like there there's not that many videos before like um no. you know i guess uh noise somebody noise labs or what what's his name uh, yeah lab noise did lab our first noise. video like when he comes in it seems to be around uh when the beginning of like videos start to appear when you do your
1: youtube yeah searching. man they're dope man lab noise was dope <laughs> yeah no i heard that i think they're 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 working on new stuff i'm not sure if i heard that but lab noise was like the crew to go to for your video in montreal
0: if you check their youtube channel there's stuff like you never stop or like releasing things like there's still a presence i don't fully know what they're up to now but they're a treasure trove of like montreal history that um a lot of us should probably spend more time looking into
1: absolutely yeah there's gems in there man i mean just for the intention right and for for what it is, you know, because you can't compare yourself. Of course, if you start comparing to videos in New York early '90s and '80s, yeah, man. But I mean, that—that that was a massive thing happening. That was a movement. Montreal it took a while before there was actually a movement, right. and I still think it's taking too much time for the movement to actually, you know, like I think that wheel is still like slowly turning. It's slowly with turning. weight on it. it. It's turning though. Yeah, it's slowly. It turning. is turning though. Oh, it's turning. It's turning. Yeah, it's turning. It's turning. A lot of you hear a lot of you know bands and groups and. Artists that are popping out here and there and doing stuff elsewhere, but that's the thing, you know. Like a lot of the the dudes that make it from Montreal that are from Montreal, they made it somewhere else. And they don't, you know, they went out of the city, you know.
0: So I mean, I'm okay with that as an idea, right? Because even Drake had to go to Miami and shit, right? Like,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: But Drake went back.
1: And, Absolutely and I, totally. And yeah. I,
0: I don't, I, I might one to like say anything about anybody's career. I don't know the fucking details of anything, but. I'm not aware of anybody that really popped somewhere else and came back and then invested in the ecosystem heavy. I'm not, I might be wrong. And if there was somebody, I would love to know who it is, so, you know, cause that would be really cool. And, I agree. And that, I totally agree. And so I just like, I, I say it like this because sometimes I say shit like this more in a, nah, it doesn't exist. And then I'm wrong. And that's another part of it, which is half the reason the show right. exists is cause like, yo, I'm in my thirties and let's be real. I didn't know who the fuck, uh, What's his name? Don smooth was until 2021, you know, <laughs> like, or 2020, like I didn't know who anybody right. was. So I don't know any part of the culture, the history. And this is me trying to like document that in a sense. So at least it's there, whoever ends up watching it, you know, and at least I can know it. There. Right. So it's like, to me, amazing that you were like, just part of the 2000s wave. Cause like, really there is no anything that I'm doing in the 2010s, however little it was, if it wasn't for all of the pillars you guys put together
1: when there was nobody else doing it right yeah there was very few of us but the the quality back then was was sick but i mean the people that were doing you know i don't know if you remember magnum magnum 357 or magnum 57 remember that I dude magnum. i don't know where he's at now but he was sick, oh he's got
0: a he's got an ep or something that is ready from what i hear it's ready Somebody with numbers in the name of the beat maker that he works with. He's the one who made the beats. Eighty something or eight, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, eighty Rock maybe. Uh, so one of those dudes made all the beats, and apparently from everybody I know who's heard it, it's like the illest shit ever. And then I don't know what happened with it. I actually talked to him in an IG chat at one point when he was considering releasing it about a year ago, and then it didn't happen. So I don't know what happened.
1: Right. <laughs> but yeah. Heavyweights. Facts.
0: I uh, then looked into a lot of his music, and yeah, okay, you'd be like actually having the videos in 2005.
1: Yeah, man. Black Mode. I don't know if you know the dudes from Black so Mode. I do know Black Mode. The Fields Brothers. A little bit. Yeah. Um, well, Heavy's from Black Mode.
0: I I heard the Black Mode all over the project. So for me, I know. Yeah, man. This guy Spades, and I was rolling with him for a minute, and then he set up some shows and Widget was there. So I ended up meeting them. Widget.
1: Yeah, Widget's my man. Widget Widget is Heavy's brother. Which is so. fire.
0: So I knew who like Heavy was in virtue of the name and it clicked when I saw I like oh shit, that dude cuz like I know who Widget yeah. is and I know how significant Block mode is at least I think it's LaSalle where they were at. I might be wrong. And, yeah, exactly. And I know yeah, a few people LaSalle. have been like, "Nah, bro," when Black Mode came through and when Widget dropped the first fucking English hip hop I'd ever heard that was local type things were said oh, about that. Oh man, them.
1: these guys are crazy. And their older brother Jungle, yo. Ah. <laughs> I mean Jungle, aka King Jung. He's forget he's, about it. I didn't know
0: they. Were, I did not know he was their brother, but he's pretty fucking great yeah, too. I've like uh, been he's put on great, him as man. well.
1: You listen to him, you're not thinking Montreal whatsoever. This guy's out of the box completely. This guy's like from anywhere and everywhere. You know, his music plays could play anywhere. While widget has that, you know, that rugged street, knowledgeful, wisdom, mm. you know. Heavy. Well, heavy's heavy, you know, heavy's heavy does anything. That's the thing with Heavy.
0: I was really That's what me and Heavy did.
1: That's how we became brothers in this shit because like I'm so versatile in my likings of music and inspirations that could would have been hard for me to just be with some make some music with somebody that's just like, yo, let's make some killer ghetto street shit, make you want to get out of a car and kill somebody type music. It would have been hard for me because I go through phases, you know, just like music, you know, like music for the moments, you know, music for the mood. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 all for the mood. So it would have been hard for me to be like with somebody that's just, you know, like Unique in that sense that that's what he does and heavy's like heavy could go from rapping hardcore shit to rapping on on soca on dance hall we have some dance halls imagine but dark dance halls it's not like that typical you know <laughs> commercial shit but I mean we got all kinds that's the thing that's how come me and him we, we 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 click together like that we form like you know like like Legos you know
0: and you said you guys linked up. Back when you got back from Costa Rica in yeah. like 2000. As soon as I got back from Costa Rica, I had ish. to get a job, start working.
1: And I met him at a place where we were working at, and we kicked it off from there, man, nonstop till today.
0: So, you guys have been making yeah. music for the last 15, 17 years?
1: 17, so. yeah. For so, the 17 years. Okay, so Of course, in between there, you know, stories, shit in there, you know, kids and life and whatnot, and, you know, a few years apart here and there situations and whatnot but yeah man we never stopped
0: and so you guys were then all part of that like era of 2008 ish let's say yeah. and all of that can you like yeah. just kind of walk us through a bit you know what it's like to be in that era some of the the moments you remember because believe it or not a lot of people i talk to and this is a no disrespect statement have the same general thing so yeah it was a lot of stuff happened but i was real drunk and i barely remember any of it so actually yeah, pinpointing what's, what's going on is a, is a hard thing to do. Yeah.
1: Well, to be honest with you, when you said 2008, 2009, I I stopped 2009 making music completely mm. due to certain things that were happening in my life. And I stopped completely. And to be honest with you, I think I just got back to it for the past three years now. Okay. so like- It's just recently that I got back to it. And that era, like you said, from the 2004 to 2008, I mean, wow. I mean, just the opportunity of doing so many shows, so many clubs, some appearances, radio appearances, you know, featuring on other people's albums, going to the studio. It's, it's almost like you didn't even want to, like, or even have the need in your brain to, like, should, am I going to make it? Because that felt like... You were doing it. You didn't have to make it. You didn't have to see the money come in the bank to, to feel like you were making. You were making music because that's the first thing for me. That was the first thing. Mm. I need. I, I need to feel like I'm making it. How by making music. So I'm going to the studio. So I'm producing at home. So I'm getting together with, you know, heavy and writing and composing and making a song. You know, because it's easy to make a beat, but to make a song, it's a completely different thing, right? Right. To compose a song, to find a chorus that goes with it. You know. To, chop it up, edit it, you know, to have a follow through. That was that era for us, that era, like you said, 2004 to 2008. That's what it was like. It was a show every other weekend. It was, uh, you know, appearances on other people's albums, going to studio, writing, countless hours of having ciphers and meeting other dudes that were like, oh, I heard you. You're crazy. Why don't you come by? Me and the boys are going to go to this cribs and they're going to do like a uh, pass the mic shit and, you know, shit like that, you know. Yeah, it, it was sick it was actually
0: awesome that sounds pretty fire i'm not gonna lie i i performed a, a decent amount but it was never like it was like at least once a month is more like the flex i was on i could never like it never really picked up to right. like that kind of pace because i'm not gonna say the pay to play was the only reason but the pay to play seemed to be right. all i could find and i was like nah, right i'm kind of old <laughs> and i can't sell it.
1: I can't. <laughs> like I st- if you're old
0: no but i started at 25 and I can tell you one thing about trying to sell tickets to a show that's Thursday night at eleven PM to your office colleagues on a it's good fucking luck. Uh, it's not happening. Yeah, good luck. And then nobody yep. there was there were no seven PM shows because nightlife, nightlife. So it was like good luck. <laughs> you have it's almost like yeah. you had to be young a little bit or have a lifestyle that allowed you to be up late with people that were up yeah. late to pull that off.
1: That's where that's that that was a lifestyle back then. To be honest with you, that whole period was like clubbing and going out. And and since I got a big mouth, I met a lot of people that were like, "Hey, oh yeah, you told me you rap. Well, I got a bar. Well, I got a restaurant. I got this. Well, I, I I do DJ on Friday nights at the dome or here or there. And that's how it all came, you know. Because to be honest with you, we didn't even we never really promoted a show for like for us, you know. And we weren't even called 999 official back then it was just like heavy and lobo you know or mr wolf they used to call me whatever you know we never put a really put a name to it and we were just getting invited we never really like okay we're gonna do our show we're gonna have an ep release and this is the show and these are the tickets and this is our opening act nah man we were like either the opening act or we were like the act at the end that you know, close the show, or we were in between, or we were just a. We'll give you five minutes to do a track, and then if there's an encore, and of course there was an encore all the time, and well, let's do it again, and come back next week. It went from one thing to the next, right? And then uh, I started having babies, you know. <laughs> you know, and hip hop wasn't paying no bills, you know. <laughs> Hip hop wasn't paying no bills whatsoever back mm-hmm. in those days. You know, the most I think we ever got for a show was maybe like 300 bucks. And that's because we hustled it, you know? Yeah. I'm that sure. was the most, I think. Even in Costa Rica, I never got paid a penny and I did like uh, full stadiums with like 15,000 people. And I never got a penny off of that.
0: What's it like to do?
1: Yeah, man. Is it like. That was sick. Crazy.
0: Is it like nervous? That was crazy. I like get lost in it.
1: Well, I don't know if. I mean,. I guess, like every other artist, you get that little, that two fractions of a second right before the stage, you know, you get that stage fright shit. And, but as soon as I go on, like, I'm in a mode, you know, like it, I don't feel no, you know, I I feel nothing but the music, you know, like I'm in a mode, you know, I go into character, let's say, you know. And the 15,000 people, was, I guess the same thing was just afterwards that I was like, shit. It was, (laughs) <laughs> it was fifteen thousand people with their lighters up. You know, like God damn, well, that's that's crazy. That you know, crazy. like the shock, the shock. Well, that's Bell Center numbers. Yeah, man, that was crazy. I opened up for for uh, this uh, well-known Chilean rock band, and uh through them, and that's why I went the first time. Uh, for, uh, that's the reason why I went to Costa Rica. And then some producers from over there noticed me and said, hey, man, you're at a rock show, and you're doing some rap shit, and you look like a, a rapper or whatever. Because I had long hair, and I used to braid them, whatever. And uh, like, well, you want to do some more shows? Because we'll hire you. So I ended up staying. I was going there for two weeks. I was just going to go there for doing that show that first week. Then I had a little presentation on the radio, and then I was coming back. But then they hired me. And then I was opening for this guy who won like the American Idol in Spain called David Bisbal, David Bisbal, who's like a Spanish pretty boy, pop, rock shit, whatever. And I was like, can you open for this guy? Do you have something? So, of course, I had my little hot, like I told you, those little hot commercial songs on the side, and that's what I did. And so actually, I did two shows, I'm lying to you. The first show I did was like maybe 10, 12,000 people for the Chilean rock band. And then for that dude, the stadium was complete. Like full complete. And if I'm not mistaken, that stadium held about like 20, 30. So there must have been like maybe 18, 16,000 people from what I remember. That was pretty dope, man. That was was the first time. And I had, I was the opening act. I was the opening act. So I had like my 15 minutes of fame, you know. Almost quite literally. And this guy's crowd, this guy's crowd was all like, you know, teenagers, you know, a bunch of girls and, and preppy, pretty boys, you know. So when they saw me come out and rapping and <laughs> that was crazy, man. It was sick. Yeah, it was an experience in itself.
0: And like, were they like into it?
1: They were into it, but I was, you know, I I did my hot shit, but I'm so I was so hardcore at that time. They 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 used to call me back here in Montreal like the Latino Dmx, you know. He's mm. like the Latin Dmx, you know, because I. I in my, in my lyrics, I used to mix a lot of Spanish with English. And uh, I had that deep voice, you know, like when DMX used to do whatever. And that's how I used to rap when I used to do live shows. It used to come out really grungy and hardcore. So uh, in the newspapers and the clippings, which I still have, it was written uh, oh, Lobo came out with like this ferocious act and violent, and people were shocked, and which they loved it. Cause then I got a whole bunch of other gigs, which led for me to stay. Like I told you, I stayed for like six months over there. bro. I went for two weeks and stayed six months.
0: Yeah. Nah, it's, that's a, that's a great experience. I don't know. Like, because people act like nobody here ever had experiences like that. Sometimes.
1: And... Well, it's not to brag, you know I mean? It's, it's a, a moment in time and a moment in my life, which, you know, I appreciated And it was what it, well, it is what like it is, but it, it was what it was. The
0: same way where you saw Cypress Hill. And it inspired you to like rap in in the same way. Knowing that you got to go rock sets in Costa Rica, you could even flip up your sound but still stay pure to yourself and get opportunities and shit. That's inspiring to know that people yeah. from here can yeah. go do things.
1: Yeah, well that's what happened. I inspired myself. You're absolutely right on that. I came back and I was like, Okay, I gotta do this shit. I gotta do this but I got to flip it because I don't want to do this hot shit. I don't want to do that. I don't need to be uh, prettied up and having produced and tell me all you need to shave and why don't you, you know, instead of coming out braided, why don't you let your hair loose and ponytail and I was like, I can't have that and I wasn't taking that and and to be pure to myself and to be honest with myself, I was like, I need to go back to my roots, Mm. go back to my 90s era type thing and that's where I met Heavy and started making beads and stuff for the streets and like I told you, the the rest is Pretty much history for now.
0: So then, Our history. So then, yeah, you're going through the whole part with kids and stuff, and music's not a priority, and you're just kind of working and being a dad and all that stuff. I guess you're, like, kind of out of the scene. Yeah. at this point. Yeah, still part.
1: producing, you know? Still making beats at night. Right. You know, staying late up night, trying to figure out a new sound, because everything was changing, man. By then, you know, trap was coming in. You know, Old school was down. Everything had a melody, you know? J-Rule ja was, you know, shit like that, you know? It was... That's, that was the in and trap coming in plus changing the whole scene, you know? And I was still making, you know, my 30, 90 sample beats, you know? Which I don't use a lot, by the way. I don't like to sample too much. I really like to produce and make it sound like it's a sample. Mm. But um, I really needed to go back to that, you know? And every night producing, you know, while having kids and, you know, then Heavy moved to Toronto. So I lost him for like four months four years into this, which for me was like a complete like, ah, oh, shit, you know, like he was like, he was like the main rapper because I had, I had become like most, my pat my real passion is producing. Right. Yeah. I could, I could rhyme. I could, I could perform. That's, that's, it's second nature. It's an extension of myself, but producing is really what, you know, like I, I dream about things like that, you know, like I, I'm driving and I hear sounds and I go back home and I produce, them, you know, that's, that's how I am. So production, like I told you before, like separating sounds and all that, that's the thing for me. You know, So my real passion, and as soon as the heavy, like early 2010s, he went to Toronto, that was like, oh shit, what the fuck am I going to do now? Because I don't want to rap anymore. Mm. Like you got all these guys right now with these freestylers and, you know, King of the Dot and this and that. Everybody's a crazy lyricist. You know? They'll kill me in two seconds. But on my beat thing, like... That's
0: an interesting much, point. You just said... So, King of the Dots starts popping off then, and now you got everybody exposed yeah. to top tier battle rap lyricism.
1: Yeah. Do you think that that these had an impact? Crazy lyricist. Yeah, it had a huge impact, to be honest with you, on me at least, because I used to watch those things like so I'm gonna, on a binge. You I'm going
0: to assume that if it had an impact on you, it didn't just have an impact on you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Because get
0: it. Here's why I say I didn't know fuck all about battle rap. I started doing this shit and then next thing you know i mean i got to talk to iron solomon poison pen a few other names like that i'm not trying to name drop it's just like i started talking to like the elites of battle rap and going awesome. through their pen game and i happen to like do homework on them like the week before talking to them and shit right and then i started listening to man's on tracks doing tough raps and it's like nah honestly after battle rap it's a little bit harder to like go back to certain kinds of songs and listen to them the same because like they're only doing doubles yeah. battle raps doing doubles to the YouTube audience and adding a layer for the crowd. <laughs> like it's fucking wild. Right. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. It's a whole other frame, man. It's, it's another world. But yeah, man, that, that for me, that, and of course all the new shit coming out, you know, all these new cats, mm. you know, that, that were rapping back in the days for me, it was like, you know, like heavy was my inspiration for like, actually keep rapping. Cause he's always pushing till this day, you know? come on give me give me a 16 give me a hot 16 give me, write something do something He's always pushing but um besides that you know like i have i have passion for it because that's how that's where i came from you know writing poems and you know writing my feelings on paper and shit but uh my real passion is like creating something out of nothing you know so you know, like being putting sounds together and having a vision and you, you know like giving it a
0: were you still working on like actual like production machines or did you upgrade the software at a certain point?
1: Yeah, I upgraded to the computer of course, you know, started making the, in the box, you know, BSTs. Uh, I was still using my Insonic, which I still use till this day. My Insonic sampler, the ASRX Pro. Right. Uh, keyboard, I got the Motif uh, 77. Yeah, maha motif which i still create on that as well and of course the vst sounds but i like to use a little bit of everything you know right so like i told you instead of sampling i would like make it look like it's a sample just because i had all this variety of gear
0: which is a lot more legal
1: yeah absolutely exactly yeah well i like to hide my samples still and like the samples that i usually use are either very hard to know what it is or
0: right
1: or it sounds like a sample and you think it's a sample and but it's really not
0: Fair enough. I just learned a lot about sync. I'm trying to look into sync now, and I'm like, "Oh, say word. You can't have samples unless you can prove they're not. Like well, you have to prove some. Yeah, shit exactly. To
1: those yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> I got flagged a few times, especially for this EP that we just did, Monumental with Hev. There's I got uh, two, three samples on one track, which is actually crazy. And
0: one of those method. Go man, figure. Man.
1: I didn't get flagged for that. Yeah, for the Method Man track, for the Monumental track. The, the the sample is also Nina Simone. Mm. There's Nina Simone in there. There's also Smokey Robinson with the... I don't care what they say well, about That's why Lindell Nina said Smokey and...
0: before. Okay, that makes sense. Somebody said Smokey image and yeah. I didn't even click.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's wild. But I, 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 okay. so we didn't get flagged for that. All I know is um, I put it on YouTube, this guy Skin Deep made a bunch of beats with samples. The Lauryn Hill sample didn't get flagged on YouTube. Uh, the the fucking Led Zeppelin sample didn't get flagged, but this fucking random ass country song got flagged. <sighs> it's, it's fucking weird. It's, it's uh... yeah, because those
1: are the dudes that are actually put, you know, that put their whole weight and their whole package onto their knowing that you know they're they're not really known to artists. While the others, you know, they don't give a shit because mm. they, they they probably know that yeah, if your dude would get like three point two million clicks, they're gonna notice. And, and uh, now nah, he's gonna nah, get flagged.
0: Then, then you're gonna go retro. They're like, "Oh, you can pay us now. You have 50k for
1: that." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or see Exactly. But I mean, three thousand clicks. You know, 50, even 30,000 30, views. They don't care. Yeah, about nobody cares. That. The algorithm it. is all fuck no.
0: Algorithms. In yeah, they don't even get to hear it. No, no, no. There is automated tools if you're not, if you're like sloppy. <laughs>
1: That's
0: yeah, funny. absolutely. Oh yeah. But um, so so how do you guys like end up? getting to the point where you reform or re-meet up again?
1: Well, as soon as he Heavy got back from Toronto, I was like, yeah, we got to do some." And it was like little by little, of course, like I said, with the fam, he was doing his thing because he's a trainer. He's a personal trainer and a life coach. Mm. So he was getting his business out there, you know, getting his clients and everything. I was starting my company, uh, kids and everything. So it was like, you know one side of the month we would click, you know, and and come up with something, you know, like I, either it was a beat and I'd give it to him and he would go back home and tell him, you know, write on it or whatnot. And then by the time he came back, I'm up to like twenty beats. So it was like picking which one you want to take home and what do you think we should work on? And it was it was, a, it was I would say a good two, two, three years into it like that, up until like pre-pandemic like maybe a few months before pandemic that we were like okay wait a minute this new track wait which is called PYP we had recorded that we recorded that two years ago mm. the PYP track play your position with Paranoise which is an awesome awesome artist he's yeah. actually living in Mexico right now oh, that's um, Ricky Ricardo yeah um, and we recorded that pre-pandemic like maybe two three months before pandemic hit and we were like, yo, we got something. And then pandemic hit. And right around that time where they said that nobody could see each other and you can't leave your home and this and that shit. Well, I was going to heavies, and we were producing that all night. All night till like two, three o'clock in the morning. Every weekend, we would bust out a track completely, full done. Not chopped, not edited, but just right. fully recorded. The beat is all in there. And now it's just, you know, the, do the magic, you know. Right. Chop it up, edit it and everything. So for like, I would say a good four or five months we were into it like that like crazy and then editing it mastering it you know finding the vision started doing small little videos like on our channel you could see like two three of our videos that we actually do our own videos by the way so right. we film it and we edit it and uh, we did uh let it out i don't know if you saw on our track list that there's one that's called let it out with there's a video for it where i actually rap on that one but that track yeah, that song is from that 2007 line. that's when
0: you're wearing the masks right
1: yes okay that track is from 2007 and we were like yo man that track is we never did anything with it and that was the only track out of that time that still sounds like it's relevant today because of the pandemic right now you know like let it out let, let, let your shit out you know, like, whatever you got inside don't holding it in like they're telling us to you know like let it out so it was like a wink for that you know like we, we did it off the bat like that. We did a small video and that was the start. And it's not even on the album. It's just an old track that we decided, oh, we got to bring this one back. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of catchy. It has something to it. And uh, from that track on to the next seven others, you know, and then, you know, slowly building. And now we're, I don't know if I'm calling it an EP yet, but now we're working on our next project. Nice. And uh, which is totally different from Monumental. Monumental was like the grimy side of us the street let's say you know like more like sample beats like you heard more of heavy more hardcore you know and on this project coming up it's there's no samples it's all hand produced um it's all a little funkier i would say uh the dudes at the clash battle they were calling us oh you guys are like the outcasts in montreal which is kind of funny because we kept telling each other for years ago oh, we got that little you know out of the box type sound you know yeah we could do the rugged we could do the grimy beats and all that and we could rhyme about you know guns and and, and violence and poverty inequality and but we could also do this you know and that's the next step right now this is what we're working on as we speak yeah that's sure. the track we did at the thing that your boy said that we smoked <laughs> that we didn't though <laughs> they were awesome man it's just they're a different style yeah. that's all maybe that's what's stuck out because we were different you know
0: yeah, I don't. Know. I, I I I didn't see any of it, so I'm just going off of what Chris Chrome was saying. Um, but uh, yo, know, how was that clash thing? I saw that they like really like went all in. For that was that.
1: awesome, man. Really professional. I really that to be honest with you, like I'm gonna I'm gonna quote you what you said before. It's like you know, like there's people doing things in Montreal, and not everybody's watching. You're one of them. Uh, clash, I would say these dudes that you know like holy shit man like like all these podcasts and all these people doing all these i don't even know how to put it because i'm not i'm not in that world too much you know i'm still think, i'm well, still in my 90s shit i'm
0: gonna say it's but, the
1: media sphere it's a good way to yeah put it. yeah it's the media sphere exactly it's the you know the, the the mass i guess you know the mass appeal of it but
0: uh yeah and shout out them quality like, man like, like Cause like, I'm not that <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I've never tried to be that fancy with my shit. And I like saw what they've been doing to try to elevate things. And like, they've done contests, like they have put up money, they have done a whole and you know what, just to give them even bigger props, cause there are certain things that really impress me. The homeboy Willie scandals did his music video shoot. <clears throat> said, come on through. And he's in the media sphere, right? He kind of does his Friday night right. Twitch thing, so you can send your music to him and right. shit. And so I went with the girlfriend, and the, they went. Jesse and Sean was there. And I had to say, you know what? I respect the fact that on top of all that they're doing, they showed up. They show up to things, and that's fire.
1: Right, exactly. Because
0: that's something I never They're noticed. fire. Shout out to them. then. Yeah, and their music's good. I really enjoy smoking. I, I find that their sound is really good
1: there it doesn't sound like it's Montreal. That's the thing. It doesn't look like it's Montreal. It doesn't sound like it's Montreal. I, I don't say that like in, though. like, dissing Montreal. I just...
0: But, like, what does that mean to you? And I'm saying this as a curiosity thing, right? Because I'm trying to figure out what does Montreal sound like as, on, like, a whole other tip, like, from a marketing perspective. And, well, I just
1: see Montreal from being from back in the days. I just see everybody trying to copy what's what's out there, you know? That's, that's why I call it Montreal. Uh-huh. I and mean, then you have, you know... Because Right now, you know, of course, trap is like huge, right? I would say, dr- and it's been it's, for it's a while, kind
0: of drills taking over, yeah,
1: drill, exactly. Which I don't know nothing about, to be honest with you. It, I barely listen to all the new I, music at I all. I
0: really so. kind of sorry, with the, you know, I like how. So, when trap hit, it didn't hit with me nice, and it took me almost like eight years to get into melodic trap. And now, I do like melodic trap, it really is enjoyable, yes, exactly. When Drill hit, it reminded me of punk music and I was in from, like, day one. And then I realized that there's a lot of lore that is real in Drill music because Drill is, like, the gun sound shit. And it's like, yeah. man, sometimes it'd be feeling weird to listen to it, realizing that they yeah. really sometimes be about it. And, like, I'm the whitest corpo type guy. I'm a guy that's like, fucking <laughs> love all. But holy shit are the flows fire. They're really into early flows. Like, you know how, like it's not off beat so much as it's like this rush. Like they're coming in before the beat and it just is this aesthetic. I fucking love a lot. And it's even adopted. Like I feel like I'm coming in earlier on my flow than I ever was before. Like it's less New York and that's just drill. Like New York's in the pocket in like a way and that shit is just like what it is and almost hear it in New York. And then other people are like not in the pocket like New York, but want to be, and it's like wild to like exactly. like see all that. Like so to me I just like where drill goes with it as a sound. And then every city has their own sort of twist on drill. Yeah, exactly. In the way that I guess other places did. But yeah, most of us shouldn't make drill, is my understanding.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: like I just I should not make drill music.
1: Nah, you should come out with your your I, your I do my shit, best you know? to
0: my big thing is work with Montreal. That's my big thing right now. It's like, yo, I don't understand the need for an amino Domini if you live in the city, in this city, in the city of thirsty Absolutely. producers. Like, so
1: true. There's of- too many.
0: And not only you don't are there,
1: need you don't need outside.
0: Not only are there too many, but there are too many that are just as thirsty as the rappers.
1: Yeah, and they're really good too. Really Probably good. Probably
0: better than the rappers. And yes.
1: Absolutely, I agree. I, I agree. Like, I our totally agree.
0: Plus, producers can cross language gaps in ways that rappers struggle to. Do you fuck with the French scene?
1: I, I'm completely lost to be with you. To be honest with you, I have no idea who's doing what. I'm still on I am mm. and stuff. Shuriken from back in the days from these guys. You know, that's that's my French connection to to hip hop and French. Whatever they're doing here, yes, I know Corey Ass and a bunch of these cats from here. Uh, What's this other guy called Loud? From Loud Larry, I think. Loud is pretty big here; like he's huge. Manu Military, I know of. I can't say anything about them, whether they're good or not. The production, I can't really because I've never really top tier.
0: I'm not even gonna lie; like I bumped it. I don't even like understand the bars, and I'm feeling it. Like I mean, I I, right. I I can listen to French rap. I don't get the bars. Like I don't get the the doubles and shit. Like they don't they don't connect.
1: So right. like, but listening no, to the, the sound
0: quality, like now nah, Montreal's sound quality is as crisp as you can fucking get. <laughs> like you're not yeah, like it's, it's
1: crisp. That's it's, true.
0: It's as professional as you want it to be. You want a top tier sound? Absolutely. It's here. You want a ghetto sound? It's here. You can have all this. Yeah, absolutely. Here in a way where
1: totally agree. smaller
0: cities actually can't, and Montreal people be kind of whiny in a way that maybe they shouldn't be. I don't know. I, I don't, right. I'm don't. i really just trying to figure out how to get that wheel to go quicker. And so for me, it's like, right. okay, why be? Why are people copying beats from like Amino-Dominium places when like, that's not really putting on for the city. And then everybody be like, yeah. I don't know what everybody's doing. I know what the circle of people I see do. And often it's, A lot of that clout chasey shit but like the indie rapper version because i don't think the indie rappers are aware there's just like a indie lyrical miracle rapper version of this shit that is the same as all the other ones and so i kind of see that playing out where i think people get really caught up by numbers and are distracted by it like I don't get numbers. I'm not, like, deterred. Like, this conversation could, like, solidify a relationship that could go to the next. You know, like, that's how I pursue the world right now. Yeah. So, numbers, man, when Montreal cares, I got the catalog. (laughs) It's like, it's there. (laughs)
1: Exactly. It's right there.
0: But, like, in the meantime. Don't need
1: to dig for it. It's right there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just want to prove we exist. Like, you know, like, you speak of outcasts. One of my big things is Montreal got something to say, like, it's Andre back in the day. Because, like, we in that place yeah, right true. now, like, yo, low-key, we got the English thing. We could just, like, talk about Quebec politics more as, as like, a group of English rappers. Yeah, true. and True. I, I even did a French verse. But bro. I think
1: that's the scare here. The people are scared of, of being local. I mean, it's cool hmm. to Make music because you are local and having that sound. And like you say, nowadays, we don't even need to give excuses for it. Or justifying it for it. it. We have a sound here. The sound is crisp. It's good. There's a variety. You can go from, like you said, drill to trap to hardcore, you know, to this and that, right? I just think it's how they they portray it. That's my thing. Yo, you know- I've always noticed that Montreal always has that same. They want to be super, incredibly hugely artistic you know like everything has all these videos that I see from these French rappers here that they're, they're all the same I mean I, no no pun and no, I no think disrespect nobody.
0: arguably a, a thing across the industry now because the ROI on videos is not like next level <laughs> however you guys plug your merch in your videos and I was like hey they are going to make some money yeah, on these yeah. videos respect yeah man <laughs> I, I was really do our own merch too, um, but I I noticed that like I know where all of my favorite rappers are from because they told me in their songs, and that's that's the one thing I can say is like I think, but I also know about random socioeconomic political situations of all kinds of random American people that you would never have cared about except for the fact that rappers rapped about that shit. Like, that 90s era was like, they rapped about politics in the middle of all that other shit. Like, they wasn't afraid of that. And they were
1: putting cities on the map.
0: So I'm saying, it feels like we got handed the alley-oop from life, and everybody slept on it. That's my perception, like, just looking at it. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe nobody cared, but I'm pretty sure. Right. I, I know when I tell other people about language laws in Quebec, they're like, What the fuck? And you can just describe all the shit and people being Yeah, there's a
1: language barrier. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And it's a whole culture. Well, I mean Yeah, it's a whole culture thing. And when I think of you know, like you said, yeah, put Montreal on the map, you know, like we know all these old school hip hoppers, you know, we know Compton, we know New York, Queens, Brooklyn, Bronx. We know who came from those places. I would have said bad news Brown was the dude that was going to put this place on the map. Like Mm. I was going to, you know, like seal it. And then unfortunately, you know, passed away, you know, but, and that's that to me that when I saw that dude, he was on tour with the roots. He was doing stuff with like people that most of these guys would, you know, just dream about doing some with, you know, and he was up there with them though. I mean, he was opening up, I think, with Jay Z with his harmonica, something like Nas. that. I don't remember. I think it was Nas. Nas, it was Nas, yeah. I mean, come on. He was putting it on the map, and look what happened. You know,
0: like, Sometimes that is how the history plays out. I don't even know how yeah. to like say it, you know, delicately. If but he was, was out funny. of the box. He was. He had man. his own sound. So I've one of my new favorite songs is "Born to Sin" by Bad News Brown which I didn't really hear until like really listened to it till this year or like maybe end of last year. And I'm like, wow, this is like, so some...
1: dope man. So
0: I listen to that whole project he put out and it's really, really great. Like, it... you know, what's crazy is I've been saying for a minute, Montreal really is a more dance driven, electronic sound. And then I listen to the bad news, Brown project where everybody, and it's really that it's like almost more EDM inspired in some ways than other yeah, things. Man. And I'm like, yeah. damn eh? even bad news saw this shit coming like this is because yo you know what montreal, yeah totally one thing i think the montreal hip-hop scene does poorly here is forget about the montreal music scene as a whole because like unlike exactly. a lot of unlike a lot of other geographies like we got a lot of music scenes that literally like layer on the same map like it's the same venue absolutely so like we're not as yeah. geo it's not like in this hood it's this music it's more like on fridays it's punk and on saturdays it's hip-hop and on tuesdays it's jazz so like
1: yeah
0: and i'm not saying it's not like that everywhere but um i think certain genres like edm are cool in montreal and dominating and have global influence and rappers just slept on all that shit and don't even leverage it one time
1: they did Absolutely. And
0: I say to this day, like, I don't know how many of us are really making any efforts to go to the raves and to go support the really successful We used to.
1: I'm telling you right right now, we used to. We used to be at all the raves, man, up in Laval. and All the raves out here, the Radar One raves. We were performing at all those shits. And everybody else was like DJs and dancers and dudes doing weird. And we were there. We were there, man, when nobody was... And we were like, "Oh shit," you know, sort of like frowned upon from like the hip hop scene. because, like, "Yo, fuck's wrong with you?" But I mean, what do you mean, "fuck's wrong with me"? Music is music, you know. Like, they could have called me from for a country festival, and I would have said, "Yeah," you know,
0: because it's music. Festival. I don't know if I'd like the festival as much, to be honest. I'm, not, I'm, I'm like, I can listen to country. It's not my favorite, by any means.
1: Exactly, it's listenable, you know. I it's find- a style. It's just, it's like it's a genre.
0: slow, boring hip hop, to be honest, like the parallels between yeah. it are a lot, but um,
1: yeah, there's big parallels. Yeah, exactly.
0: But like, yeah, no, I think EDM is dominating our city. And when we go to like talk about the regular people and I, I don't know how else to put it, like the people outside the scene. So like everybody in the scene talks to everybody in the scene. And I think what happens is what I call the stand-up comic problem. Stand-up comics perform to roomfuls of stand-up comics and sharpen their swords with stand-up comics. And then their jokes are so good that nobody else gets them but stand-up comics. So they don't really translate well when I hear the (laughs) joke. I don't know that it's a good joke. And then I feel stupid. And so I don't find it funny at all usually. I just listen to their words and go, I don't understand how that's funny. And so it dies uh, there, yeah. And I realize that has a lot to do with the room because comics will be like, rotfling on that moment and i realized that there's a level of weight and finesse that comes with technique that only people who even understand the technique can appreciate so when you get to hip-hop land when the only people you ever rap to are rappers and ciphers and this is and that's, and you don't even realize that your city's at a rave (laughs) so you throw your hip-hop show but you don't even know that there's a rave that night because you're not even watching that scene and so like This is where I'm like, yo, there's a big data issue in Montreal in a sense where I think we are all lacking perspective on what's hip. And also the little ones, the little ones be like wildly into Airbnb parties and shit and not bars. And we'd be like wildly trying to bring up the fucking dive bar like it's the hottest shit ever for some reason. And I'm like, <laughs> dive bar I ain't been hot since I was like, ra- I stopped rapping because the dive, I stopped doing shows in 2016. I was like, yo, this isn't it. These dive bar like little venues with 43 people in a room. Like, it's not that I don't enjoy it, but I was hitting 30 and I'm like, this isn't yeah,
1: it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, that was me, man. That was me at my late 30s, earlier 30s, sorry, when I started being a dad. And the last shows were like that. And I was like, okay, that's it for me. And that's like, it for the shows for me, man.
0: And it stopped being like fun. And I had a girlfriend. Yeah, so exactly. It stopped being a place to get laid, possibly, maybe. So all of the yeah. fun reasons to go to a show like that were done. And then, like, you know, yeah. the internet, this shit started. I've been podcasting now for five years. Best decision I ever made for my career. I mean, I got. I have more musical connections because I podcast. I've made more music because I'm a podcaster than I ever did performing, but I still know how to perform should the day come because I did that like circuit before like-
1: That's awesome.
0: But like, yeah, I don't know. So now I'm looking at the live scene and I'm like, the only thing I can tell you is that shit gotta be like, if you're trying to get 30 year olds at this shit, Sunday afternoon it, baby.
1: Yeah, man, totally.
0: I don't know how else to explain that to concert promoters in the world. If you want old people to come, you've got to change the start time.
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys change that shit. It died off with me like that. I mean, it, as soon as I saw, like you said, that 40, 50 people, you know, in that same, the same time frame, the same everything, you know, it's, it's gone for me, man. There has to be something else, you know. But now, you know, the platform guy just got huge with the internet and so many, you know, options of how you could. Live out your performance, you know. Like you could sell your performance, you
0: know. Bro, you could do it on Twitch.
1: Like, yeah, exactly. Like we'd be looking.
0: Like I didn't do enough of it, honestly. I kind of loafed on that part because of everything else, but I should have been doing like a weekly fucking performance up my room for like the. Last... I didn't. It is what it is. I just whatever. I did record music live, so I tested that. You can record rap live and I know you can make beats live and while you're making beats live, if people donate money Absolutely. to you, you happen to be monetizing yeah. that part of the process that you would have done anyway. Yeah. only now you're building fans off of it. so like there's ways like that where I really think it's an influencer market however you manifest that. There's multiple ways to be an Absolutely. influencer but
1: yeah there's a bunch of dudes that do that you know on, I've seen them on YouTube, like these finger they call them finger finger producers or whatnot. And they're just wild, like you said, they're, they're making the beat while they're, you know, of course, it's a little bit edited and chopped yeah. and whatnot, but I they, mean, they're playing it right there, you know, I, got so it. I think they're they're sick. I mean, look at
0: like uh, T-Pain or even Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park. He made this whole series over the quarantine called The Quarantine oh, really? Tapes. And every Tuesday or whatever, he'd go live and he'd make us something with his audience. Maybe it's a song. Maybe it's a beat. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm saying this, like, dude, I got, it happened once, but technically I was recording music and this one guy randomly gives me money. I don't know why, but he's one guy. And I wish there were more of him in the world, uh, but he'll just show up. So I'm recording raps and technically that day I made like $25 to record rhymes. And I was like, I don't think anyone does that. Who gets paid to record right. bad raps? Cause it's not even the good part yet. And they're like, nah. Exactly. And then I found out. Because these people will watch me do the same verse for 37 minutes because I'm one of those guys. I'm not a one-shot guy. And then they're like, dude, it's like watching somebody try to land a trick shot. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God. And so, like, the psychology of, like, the fans made it make more sense to me because as artists were like, who the fuck want to watch that?
1: (laughs) Right. Who the fuck, yeah.
0: But it's a whole new world, dude. So, like, I'm not even worried about the live scene, but I think you can blend live with IRL, right? And that's how I say it. I say I say that shit out loud now IRL, <laughs> but like <laughs> I I like so like I have these like like you you go to a park let's say and then you pull up the phone and now you're streaming it <clears throat> and you know you got like just absolutely this is the future to me
1: on the spot and why not yeah well that's what it is right because everybody's got a camera now everybody's got a camera you don't need the, the six thousand dollar camera to be filming something or shooting something and you got your phone nah. Most phones now are 4K. Absolutely.
0: Know. I've been doing music videos on my phone. Just, okay, I'm, I'm a bit of a troll of my career um, at, at this point. Uh, they told me that mixing and mastering mattered. So I decided to become my own engineer and do a bad job.
1: Yeah.
0: I have gotten better, but it's a bad job by any real standards. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter to people. No, it doesn't. And I was like, wow, people don't care. At all. No, I don't care. That's okay. No, not anymore. There are a exactly. lot of caveats. If you're making certain kinds of music and like, like, look, I don't expect that music to actually like blow. I'm not going to put YouTube money, like, you know, like we're not pushing that, but from a fan right. perspective, from like, yo, check out my shit to get myself booked somewhere. It didn't matter. None of that shit mattered. Right. In fact, I made a song no, with pickle matter. chips and it became a meme for some people and I still get tagged. And pickle shit to this day. I got tagged in a pickle thing like two days ago. And I'm like, wow, some baby. We right. all got it. I don't know. Like, you're a mad producer, dude. So you can just make quality happen. But for like a lot of us, yeah, quality. Yeah, but even when difficult. I'm
1: making beats, sometimes out of the dumbest, out of the dumbest shit, like after spending two hours trying to come up with something, and then I'll just do this dumb shit. And that dumb shit becomes what it is, you know, and it becomes the hottest shit of that night, you know, or that day, you know. And it becomes a track on, you know, on an album. It becomes a song with a chorus and everything. You see, for me, I'm one of those producers that I I have a hard time like saying, okay, I have a vision for this shit. Mm. I got to make this type of beat. And then I'm sitting in front of my gear and shit. And like I told you, it never comes out like that. But then I make something else. But then I get to hate that something else. And then I'm like, oh, well, I'll just play around with it. Oh, shit. Oh, and oh. What if I oh the bass and then heavy will come in and I'll say a little a little freestyle or something. That's it. That's the chorus. Boom. Okay, put it down. Chopping. Okay, go. Oh, you're missing a bass. Yeah, you're right. Okay, put the kick. Nah, I don't like that kick. And then, you know, like my best beats have always and especially lately, my best production has been like, you know, like almost like cooking in the kitchen and making a catastrophe, you know, out of your food. You know, like you don't you don't know what the fuck you're doing. I
0: like that. Like
1: game. you said, you know.
0: I like how your stuff kind of you can tell there's a horrorcore theme to it in the overall sound, but it's not like that. It it's versatile, but like it make it's whatever
1: you're doing but spookier. Got it. Well, I try to be honest with you, I try to make music that just the music by itself has has a feeling, mm-hmm. you know? It has a feeling. So if I would remove the the, the lyrics, it could be a like a instrumental music. You know, just like a beat, you know, it doesn't need... That's how I I see my beats. Of course, yeah, by producing and making songs, it's different, right? We're working on something. But, like, I got hundreds and hundreds of beats that have no lyrics on them. I have no I have no intentions of putting somebody on or having or doing something on. They're just great by themselves, right? It's just the way it's, it's there, you know? I believe in that uniqueness. I believe in the work. The more you try to work on a beat, then that beat doesn't work. You know, if you're working out and you want it to make work, something's missing, and it's still not ready, then it'll never be ready, You know,
0: that's wild. Cause Sometimes,
1: so, like the simplest, like
0: I, because I, for me, it's mad different with music, right? Because I, I can play bass shittily. I did learn a little bit outside of that, and I guess I, I understand. That's awesome. And I could like, I could, I suppose, shitty beatbox compose and give references with my mouth shittily. But like realistically, I'm more of like, uh, yo, give me a beat, and I don't even give a fuck what you did to it. Don't I don't care about your structure. <laughs> I could take all of those things. And I'm gonna make songs. Like to challenge myself, right. I did a series called Raps on Everything. Um, I, I took Sing 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 by Benny Goodman, and wrote a track over that shit. It's two long verses. Oh, like, in the middle. Like that's what I mean. Like for me, it's like a challenge. Like, and I love that shit. And then I right. found out rappers are mad in particular mad particular and it's wild to me but me it's like it's like a <laughs> game like yeah and every beat has like a message i do prefer beats that could be songs on just for like like the sound of it because like i feel like a beat is like a canvas but like it's covered in like a foundation and then yeah. as a rapper, you become an, or any vocalist really, songwriter, I suppose, that's what, that's when it becomes right. a song according to the, the fancy exactly. government people. I mean, like, so and shit, like that's their distinction. Um, like, yeah. so like when you come through, it's like, okay, there's, to me, I see this canvas and it's like, maybe I interpret it wrong and do my own thing with it. Cause usually I surprise the shit out of the beat makers, but like, then I'm just putting touches on that. Like, it's like, you already put the color, you already said it's red. And I'm just working with that, you know, like, and that's how I see all the beats I've ever done. And so it's not, it's never been this like process of working on it now. It's cool. Like you already did all that part. I just get to like fucking close it every time.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I agree. And Well as a producer, you know, you have to, you you get, you got to let yourself make mistakes while, Mm -hmm. while making music, you know, like if you listen to all the greats, you know, most of the greats, all these classical classic hits, of the top dudes, most of those stories are like from mistakes. Mm. Well, I came into the studio and they were doing that. And then I said this and then my bass player came in and he was like, hey, how?" it's always, I think that's how sometimes music should be, you know, like it just has to be, you know, at the right moment, at the right time, you know, you can't, you can't always push it, you know? And that was a main factor for me because I always push myself. Like I'm, I have to make this type of beat. I have to look this type of dude. I have to rap this type, and that's why we were so hard on each other, and nothing was coming up. You know, like I'm telling you, I've been in the music for like over twenty years, but have you really ever heard of me? No, actually, you know, like have you really?
0: uh, When you said Heavy and Lobo, I've heard your name, but it could just be because of the show. So I don't want to act like I heard of you from back then, but I have heard of Heavy and Lobo at least, like the name. Yes, but that's not the best example. Probably from
1: working with Lab Noise when we did our first video. Mm. But yeah. But uh, yeah, and even that, you know, that was like, oof. That was what? That that was 12 years ago. Imagine that. That was 12 years ago, that video. And that sound back then, that sound, that funky sound that we had, because it was a funky track, right? It was called Why You Cheating on Me. And there was a whole, (laughs) you have to go check that out. It's uh, it's called Insecurity on. youtube insecurity by mr wolf and heavy Mm. not lobo and Heavy, but mr wolf and heavy and that sound that's what we're trying to not reproduce but that's the sound that we have when me and heavy get together and be like yo let's create something fresh let's not try to go for a sound let's let's produce today something fresh and let's write something fresh that's the sound that comes out naturally from us Mm. no samples it sounds kind of funky you could either swing to it or just listen to the lyrics because there's always a message, right? I like music with messages with with positivity or negativity. It doesn't matter which, you know, just from one comes the other. So that's that's the sound that we got now. Imagine that, like twelve years later. That was the first time we had done something professionally, you know, like with cameras and lighting and makeup artists. It was pretty dope, man. That was a that was actually you should check it out. You you might have quite of a laugh you know at the people in the video how it was made what we're doing the the type of track it is it was pretty dope man it was like Vanguard, is almost like ahead of our time and in a way because right now that's the sound that we're going for it's out the box
0: i think it's a cool era though like now you can make the music you well i mean if you're trying to go indie and smart with your shit you can just make what you want to make yeah like you don't yeah exactly i mean i believe that I can do what I want with my content because
1: I'm
0: one smart marketing decision away from getting that pipeline open, you know, like, it's like, it's all like, I chose to deal with Montreal artists and other local people. There are consequences to that choice for algorithmic (laughs) growth, but (laughs) the cultural value and my position in the live scene has changed. I know that I have more doors open to me when the world opens up than there was fucking before COVID. Uh definitely, you know, yeah. like and as I've come to see it's a lot of a who you know game. A lot more than it's a No, it is you are, it frankly everybody is. can exactly. rap good maybe not everybody can yeah. rap impressive and like captivate a crowd, but like I've personally seen over a hundred dudes in Montreal that can freestyle for probably ten minutes straight and hold the crowd down if they wanted yeah. to. So that means there's a lot more. Yeah
1: oh yeah man and I know the three best ones are the three brothers that I've been rocking with for the past you know mm. years and that's the Fields man Fields family there one creative family man. You know, like Heavy, like you said Heavy could go on freestyling for like 20 minutes with his brother back and forth non-stop and that's like a pivotal moment in music where you're like oh shit I gotta record this or I gotta make a beat to this I gotta do something because this is sick but no it's just a moment for them yeah. it's just because they could do it Widget 2 widgets. Sick. 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 Sick MC. Sick. Underrated completely. Completely. You know. And I mean, there's a lot of those dudes like that here. I don't there's know a how lot. to
0: like talk to them all. Like this is how I look at it. Like from my, my, I'm on the other side. I come in in 2012 and I'm an ignorant ass white dude who think he the shit. <sighs> had a lot of humbling to do. I didn't even know Rico Blocks was already there doing the exact same thing eight year like nobody none of us knew Rico Blocks was there when we all came in like that, right? So on top of that, like anyway, we all come through and do our shit and we're just arrogant, but at the same time, unfortunately a lot of people have occupations where maybe they don't want to be on the Instagram yeah, exactly. And I came to realize that a lot of people were also making hella cash, selling mixtapes, which none of us know anything about, honestly. I'm used to my little world. And so there's a lot of shit where the internet wasn't appealing. But the downside of that is, like, none of these dudes really be social media <laughs> So it's, like, no hard to, I'm one
1: of them. That's me.
0: And it's hard to, like... That was me. It's hard to know anybody. Like... Even doing yeah. this list, like some of y'all might be really active, but frankly, if Chris hadn't like gone and seen your shit, you might not have been like on my radar. Just on some, I would have had Absolutely. to stumble on. Totally you. agree. And so it's like I don't know how to solve that issue, and and that's why I'm hoping you know to to put work into like shining light on people. Uh, like however, whether it's interviews which right. people watch or don't, but it's about getting it. It's about Google, really. I want when you Google yeah, Montreal rapper cool shit to come up except for that really old list that's really out of date and that one list which somebody heard me complain about and added names to so shut out that one person <laughs> but like nah it's really bad how little effort has ever been put into documenting our city not to say there haven't been people because i don't want to act not like exactly. But at least in my era, the millennial fucking internet rapper crew, we're not good at it. Or we didn't try hard. Or I don't know anything about other people doing it. Totally agree. So like, we're in our 30s now. That's why I'm, I big love to Clash or four Online Mix is doing their thing. Or even these little ones are doing it. Because we sleep on the 20-year-olds way too much too. And there's like a whole new scene that doesn't need us brewing like they're like fuck i need your interview totally. for bro i got my own they interview. don't need the
1: fuck out of us yeah man they don't need nothing from and through us not in well, they, they just they, got their own little thing
0: they need us to care actually true i would say that would be what but they- we're
1: like the old people you know i'm considered like a og in this you know they're like an old dude in this not even an og just old dude
0: if you came through as an old dude who performed in blah, 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 and said, bro, that shit's fire to some kid, phew, you'd fuck him up for a week. You'd be so happy.
1: Well, to be honest with you, that's how I felt about your boy when he came up to us. Because for sure, he was a lot younger than us. I'm, I'm in my 40s, to be honest with you. 27.
0: He's 27.
1: So yeah. There you go. You know, I knew he was a lot younger. The way that he came up to us, that was I was like, you know, I won't lie. I was like, damn, okay. Damn. Wow. With not expecting that because we might be the only group right now coming up with this sort of like 90s or not even 2000s fields type that's a, that's beat and rapping people. about life, you know.
0: I think there's a few more. I think because it's it's weird because we all liked it. like everybody likes that and then we didn't stop liking it. It's just that it was hard to find it. And so like when you see it in your face and I imagine you guys can perform like perform perform so yo what's up Willie? scandals um since you can perform perform when you're like that's the one thing where i think you're gonna see a huge difference is is live performances i bet you guys know what you're doing can wrap your bars you probably don't <clears throat> need backs i'm assuming you can just do the thing and a lot of people um i, I a lot of people don't know how to perform live i think and i i mean it because like back when i started it was like yo you couldn't have your backs so or you got laughed at because there were like possibly actual gangsters in the crowd and shit so you don't want to be like embarrassing yourself at least that was my interpretation No so i had to do all my shits and then i don't know i just learned how to perform and i took time and practiced it and then like the internet lets you get buzz off of like not performing right right and so you don't really absolutely have, and now you can just like play the song kind of thing so you don't i don't know like i'm just making, yeah and make
1: videos and that's it yeah
0: and then that's like it looks away but like i don't think a lot of people because i ask people if they practice performing and a lot of people say no and i'm like bro i'm shit i practice every time. i did every time i perform me too practice like, I'm, I'm not even that great <laughs>
1: At least, well, you, you still do it, though.
0: Every time. Exactly. Every time I'm going to do it. Exactly. Because yeah. I know it's like... I still do it. It's like fucking, you know, that first one, you're going to fuck up one little time, you got to get it out when no one's watching kind of thing, you know, you got to practice, right. get yourself yeah.
1: built up. I go through that. I go through that. And I'm not even a rapper anymore. I'm not even like writing the lyrics on, on weekly, you know, I'm not even envisioning words and then going in the mirror and doing like I used to do back in the days. But even the beats that I create now, they make me do that. They make me think, oh, shit, how how would one of my verses or somebody else's verse would go on this, you know, and get into that mode, you know?
0: But I think the little ones practice. Nah, I'm going to take that back. Little ones, like 17, 20, because they got time, so they do. I've seen them perform, and it was lit. Anytime I've ever seen a little one perform, they knew they shit. Sometime about my era, like, we didn't practice our shit, so maybe the little ones will practice it, actually. I don't know. I think it's interesting. But at the
1: Clash thing, I so we saw a few groups. That, there was uh, quite a few youngsters there, and they were looking good, man. Like, And I mean, it looks like a video because Clash is shoot, like, a, a live thing of you doing your song, but you're actually almost, like, lip or whatever. And they, they shoot it in a video mode, you know, like if it's a video, you know? But most of the cats knew what the hell they were doing, man. They, they looked good on camera because we were behind it so we could see the screen and shit. And they... They look good, man. Like you said, they either they got time or they had their visions locked down of how they portray themselves on stage and how they carry themselves. But
0: they were yeah, looking all like, wicked, man. I'm like still like kind of rusty. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not part like. I was like, oh shit, I gotta get in shape, <laughs> so I started working out and stuff because I'm like, oh, I can't be like walking, in. especially now. That's the one thing is you can't be like lazy looking in your thirties. Like, you can be lazy no, in your 20s and get away with some shit, but I feel like in your 30s, you got to yeah. look like you can squat.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or, like, you can lift at least a 20-pound weight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And like
0: move and, like, do something. Like, I, I don't necessarily mean dance. I mean, like, the one – okay, this is my theory. We're in dark times, so we don't want dark music like that. We want to
1: move. No, exactly.
0: And so, like, when you I go totally back to the agree. live show – like 80% of my catalog is not going to work until the world is prosperous again and they want to be miserable. <laughs> so it's like right. literally we got like fucking EDM and shit coming because like, yo, we need to have stuff that people are going to want to shake their booty to because it's yeah. it's not about compromising. They yeah. Like they inte- I'm still, I'm going to rap how I rap. I'm going to be a weird, you know, do my thing. Right. But it's about sound. And just did, like, yo, live sets and shit like that, you know? Like,
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: I don't even want to go to the party when. So I went to a show in Laval, which was amazing, which is a weird set of things to think. It was some underground shit, but it was fucking like 200 people showed up, so it was pretty lit. And like, the one guy did poetry in the middle and it was super serious. And I'm like, mm, no, bro, this is turn up times. That's all anybody here want to do is turn up. And I, yo, really saying he loves MCing EDM Fest, but like, yeah, it's. That's what I think is gonna happen for years, especially because we all been locked up. Like, who the fuck doesn't kind of want to see Kiko do do shit they haven't done in ten years?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, we were thinking about doing our shows, like, you know, filming ourselves for the show, doing a live thing. You know, come to the show, man, it's free. Or then, you know, pay ten bucks to be part, like you said, Twitch or whatever. You know, five bucks, you know, to to watch the show from your couch. You know, so we were gonna do our live sets of all our songs one after the other separately of course and record them like that and put them out like that. And then, you know, pandemic once again started hitting. And we were like, fuck, I think this is what we're going to have to, you know, there's no, forget about venues, man. I mean, like, forget them. Too many restrictions, this and that, you know, know imagine it was like fifty, sixty people.
0: So we found a little loophole. We, We found an amp, um, like, this Long and McCade store rents out gear. So for $50 a month, we were able to get this Bluetooth wireless battery-powered giant amp thing that you could hear, like, three blocks away. Um, uh It has two mic inputs and a beat with the Bluetooth. And we started throwing little Whoa. events in the park just low-key. And as long as you don't charge, it's legal. Wow. At least an hey. NDG. I can't say for all city bylaws, check your local city bylaws. I asked the mayor at the time. She said it was okay. Um, And then, uh, well, there you go. Yeah. So, so like, I mean, obviously you can be, gotta be smart about it, but you're even allowed to say fuck in the park. I wouldn't advise that necessarily. There's some diplomacy with the the neighborhood you might have to do.
1: I agree. I totally agree
0: we did and nobody cared and we were lit because a bunch of grandma's and shit were so starved for live shit that they were willing to watch mediocre rappers freestyle and shit it was pretty awesome and so like i'm feeling like that's the flex man fuck venues yeah
1: there's just yeah let's do that this summer bro i'm with i'm with you man oh we are gonna we we're running something it. crazy like we're that we're doing that
0: shit every sunday or i don't know what day don't don't hold me to that we're gonna pick the date and the time slot and then we're going to run it weekly at Girard Park because I'm in DG. So that's the home base for us. But the right. idea is, you imagine if like paralleled every borough had a spot and then we could swap in. That's sick. That's the coordination that gets the fucking wheel going. But I don't know how to make the other people play well. <laughs>
1: well, I guess you're doing man with the podcast, man. I mean, that's that's it's. Although you're doing it and you're inside your own aquarium and you don't know how people are seeing you from the outset, but that's the way I see it from what you're doing. From your perspective, you're doing what you're amazing at.
0: Mm.
1: And from my perspective, I would want to be on a show like you're doing because right now the podcast thing is in. But by you doing what you're doing, you're giving actually, you know, a voice to many others that, you know, can't, can't actually go to the radio because they're not going to get invited by the radio because the radio's not playing their track. Facts, you know, and you were saying before, yeah, but you know, how do I get entwined with all the rappers? And I googled them, but I think just by doing what you're doing, that's exactly what's going to happen. You know, right now, maybe one of my buddies or one of my friends sees this and's like, hey, can you contact me with him and send me a link? And this, I mean, you're doing it, so I mean, don't get me
0: wrong, I in my heart and soul have a business plan that justifies all of this that says I'm doing this, it's part of a huge vision for me, like, awesome. Like, it's not, I'm just, you don't want to be the guy on the podcast sucking your own dick on cam type thing, <laughs> you know? No, of
1: course not. But,
0: but I mean, I, it's huge for me. Like, in my 40s, I see myself writing a book called The History of Montreal Hip Hop. Like, we're talking, it's at that level of, like, awesome. in my head. So, like, all of this shit is to be built on this foundation for the next stuff. So, this is part of, like, it's this thing I'm trying to brand, this data gang centrism, where if everybody in marketing... In the world, wins on data and big data rules everything around me, and this is just how it actually works in the world. Like people think twenty thousand views counts for shit, and I'm like, I don't know. I can't talk a lot about my day job, but I personally am responsible for a group with eleven thousand people that I'm supposed to foster life into, and I'm like the project. It's like day job. I get paid to do some of this shit, so I'm a little like, I don't think anyone has perspective onto how, like, things have to, like, really work in terms of real numbers right. and real impact and stuff. So it's, like, for me, it's about relationships made. Those are the real Absolutely. metrics.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, for me, too.
0: But, yo, the numbers and shit, yo, fuck, man. It's a psychological mindfuck. For the first time ever, my YouTube channel is going to take a dip. It's going to have a negative subscriber if it keeps going in four years, and that's sadness. Really. Yeah, but, again, like, bigger picture shit. You know like it's
1: absolutely it's yeah you got to see it in us yeah
0: and i think it's hard it's super hard that's why i'm saying this shit because sometimes i think the conversations are worth it or at least cathartic for me but right. like yo like when you get past that it's like who fucking cares like willie scandals is here and he's playing he plays yeah, tracks man. and you got to send your music to him if you haven't i can make sure you guys link up right. after and he'll play your shit awesome, he'll man. play your Appreciate whole fucking seven track project and his his fans actually will fuck with what you do they don't like me i'm too out there for them they will eat your shit up
1: that's awesome i appreciate that man
0: and i think that's like that's what i'm trying to be part of the solution with that's my little end of it however impact it gets it's not really my place to say it but i think a lot of people can do things like if you guys started a podcast like shit your block modes the the block mode yeah we're thinking about it my gosh like, there's so much. We're shit. thinking about it. We
1: thought about it. Yeah. We you guys could about just it.
0: go live on Twitch, smoke blunts on the couch, talk your shit, and get paid. Because as long as you. On Twitch, at least, it's legal for weed because, like, it's all good in the <laughs> hood. And YouTube. YouTube monetizes me with weed all the time. So, we're. Oh, shit. Yeah, everything's monetized. I don't know about Facebook. I wouldn't gamble on Facebook. Every day. Uh, Facebook, Yeah. But, yeah, no. I'm like. I get paid out my little hundreds here and there from YouTube and Twitch, and I've smoked weed in a fuck awesome. ton of content. So like we're in that era where I, I know for a fact that if widget heavy and others were to actually go and do their version of what I'm doing, it could have a bigger impact than I could. Cause they're the guys who inspired others. Whereas I'm just like the outsider trying to catch up and those both perspectives are relevant but their perspective is more necessary.
1: I agree. I agree. And I get it. Yes, I totally agree on that. And they're, they're still inspiring. I mean, there was something about, like you said before, you know, about the, the I wouldn't call it the golden era of hip hop in Montreal, but, you know, like the early 2000s, there was something because people were knowing each other, you know, like, oh yeah, that band, oh yeah, that band's from there. That band, oh yeah, that group's from there. Oh yeah, that guy that raps, he's from, there. you know, like, And then you would see each other at shows, you know, like say the what's up and fist it up and like yeah, yeah, featuring yeah, we'll featuring like now you don't see that anymore, which is fine, which is fine because it's a whole new era and these kids got it locked in a totally different way, you know, it's all social media and it's all you know YouTube likes and comments. It's a huge
0: issue, actually. What you're saying, I've been I said something I realized because there was in my little early part that did happen for me. I got lucky. 2012 to 2014 was ill it was this organic rush of i don't know if you've heard of meyer clarity but i ended up being grouped into his fan base like his fans fucked with me so i ended up at these weird ass punk venues with him and shit in this little underground spots and shit like that and because that happened that organic it would be like yo, me and meyer talk to this day because of that too right like we're like
1: well, oh, that's
0: awesome. I don't know. I don't like to use the word friends, but as far as friends in this game go, we're friends because we've been around a decade and we know ah, each absolutely. other that long. Right. Um, and it's like because we were there together, drunk, whatever, in these moments, rapping, like we both were at this one show where the girl peed on the stage. I was on rape. Right <laughs> it was like we were there for that shit. Like he helped me out in times and shit like that. So it's like that then it ended and it all became internet. And what I learned over COVID is – Fucking internet relationships are garbage. Like, I don't fucking trust nobody over the Horrible. internet no more. And everybody lies yeah, to you man. on the internet so easily. People, of course. Like, I don't know. I don't, it's like, it's wild. Like, even like something like this, like, we're vibing, but I'd have to like vibe with you in person now to like really know if I can vibe with you.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah.
0: And I think that's It's, been it's lost killed that people. essence
1: between humans. You know, it's, that's what COVID did. You know, the, probably that was the plan, you know, like separate us from, you know, associating with each other and getting together you know because that's a big thing you know getting together is a big thing yeah you know like if you look at the bands from back in the in the 90s they're all crews and cliques and you know clans and and today what are they there's just one dude mm, that's you know that's,
0: a lot of times you don't
1: see too many groups with Six members anymore. I, in.
0: Well, you see it with the young ones. The young ones do like collectives. So the young ones, my theory. Yeah, because they're cliques. Yeah, but it's more than that. Young people don't believe in celebrity like we do. So because they don't believe in celebrity, they just don't really care. They're just trying to get their like pay, so to speak. Like they're okay. Yeah. Making a hundred thousand a year, which to be yeah, honest, exactly. you should be okay making 100K a hundred k year in music. Like. Of course. We should We should all be even aspiring for that more than the millies. Like, everyone's trying to absolutely. get milies before they even have 50K. Absolutely. And it's kind of like...
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. But... The guys are trying to get the Lambo, but they don't even got the cribs, you know? So where would you put your Lambo in front of your four and a half apartment? Really?
0: It's not going to last. <laughs> That's
1: crazy. It's not going to last. But,
0: <laughs> like, last. The other side of it is I think COVID had this, this weird impact that nobody even... However nefarious COVID may be in your mind, nobody was predicting how it would make a bunch of men open up about their feelings. Nobody could have predicted that. And now it's gonna be weird and men are gonna start bonding in ways no and I'm talking growing ass men. I'm having these open conversations it. with my colleagues that like about emotional shit and it's like, hmm, we're not fighting about yeah. we're understanding each other in ways that we've never happened before. And I think that's the most beautiful part of COVID that we're all going to, that's what we're really going to appreciate 10 years later.
1: Absolutely, man. Fear makes you do and think things that you never did before, you know? Yeah. Take take for granted some things and then let go of some others, you know? Man. I think that's what's happening right now.
0: Plus we all have- Maybe out know. of this, we're going
1: to get a whole bunch of new, a new generation of, of artists and music coming out soon. That's going to be like, you know, the shit, you know? Like, it's going to be like the thing, you know, like, we were waiting for some type of new sound to come out, and boom, bam! Out of this, it, it will come out. You know, that's
0: just gonna be EDM fucking rap. Let's be fucking real. That's the next five years. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's been college.
1: when you say EDM rap, is it like that uh, Travis Scott shit? Is that what he does? Uh, no, I wouldn't
0: go there. Cause he's more like exp- like abstract on the melodic trap side of things. He does more pop. I mean, okay. more like take EDM and add rap. Like Steve right. Aoki featuring rappers.
1: I get it. True. That's at least what I'm. Yeah, we going haven't to seen do. that.
0: I know Roswell Beats in them. They got at least one like that coming. Like a lot of us are going to jump on that because I think a lot of us had the epiphany that we all want to go raving more than we want to go bop our heads. Right. And this is just. I've well, produced
1: a few EDMs.
0: Like for me, it's. I got selfish. a few tracks like that. That's, that's where I want to go perform. It's like. My girlfriend Absolutely. gave me a soft, like, if I find the right girl pass. So, like, now I want to be a rapper at a place where we can find the right girl, not in a room. You know, so you start thinking right. a little different. You get a little different in your goals and yeah, ambitions. The and then, arguably, I love EDM. So, it's not even, like, anything for me. It's just like, yeah, we can rap on this now. And people are cool with it.
1: Well, uh, You should shoot me some names because I don't know anything now. To be honest, with
0: anything you. either, dude. I just don't. Like here's the thing, like Vincent Price, the beatmaker, gave me an EDM sounding beat, so I used it. Uh, Peter West, oh, the, the beatmaker from Northern Beat Society, back in the day, and them gave me a bunch right. of EDM beats that he made in 2014 when he was on Molly for a minute. <laughs> it's like people oh, just be throwing me shit, and like if it sounds like, do 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 like one of these, like and I'm feeling it is cool. Yo, let me rap on that shit. i going to feel like that because my brother was in the rave scene once upon a time. And so I did my little right. run of Molly's in the warehouses before it got not cool where you could like sit there with your cigarette burning slowly to ashes while you were... Burning. Oh, <laughs> shit. And then you ran out of cigarettes and you were willing to pay $2 for a cigarette like you never would in your life.
1: Damn. So I have all these... Yeah, little... for us, I guess it was an trips. Uh,
0: for me, it was Molly. I didn't really... Acid scared me a bit. Somebody told me it fucks with your genetics Oof. and... I don't know, I never did acid, but Molly, man, Molly at a rave is like okay. I'm not encouraging that shit. This is pre fentanyl. Right. So like oh my god, I got yeah. I don't even think I wanna do it again. But like my god, those memories are good.
1: <laughs> I don't even think I could do like hard drugs anymore, man. I'm so off of that. It's been such a while. I'm I'm cool with what I mm-hmm. you know, I'm cool with my water and my spliff and that's it, but You know, like everything else I get a high off of natural things now. I think spent so much of my my lifetime, you know, like getting high and getting drunk and getting crazy and once you, you you let life hit you, then you realize that's the biggest high, you know, at least for me. You know, I can't speak for others. I mean you go through your experiences and your ups and downs and that's for everybody to find out, right? But for me it was that man. Just I guess appreciate the 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 sobriety of life, you know? I felt Uh, that way until my
0: girlfriend was like, I want to do mushrooms for my birthday. And then we did mushrooms for (laughs) my birthday. (laughs) I went
1: to the the Last time I did mushrooms, I went to the hospital for a stomach pump. Mm. I never (laughs) again. That's
0: fair. And then we did it again. And it was like ethereal shit. And I'm like, "Mm, there's the potential of doing this wild ass mushroom trip with people and making art. Like, this is not off the table for me. Because I wrote half a song. And I don't know how to finish it now, but I'm going to finish that by <laughs> half a song. And it's like, it was really, okay, you think it's going to be some abstract shit, but no, it's not acid, it's mushrooms. You're just in touch with your soul. So it turned out to be absolutely me doing one of my own songs, but I just don't feel the same as I did when I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. It's something completely different.
0: But it was fast, man. I could see how, like, with a copious amount of mushrooms in the room and everybody doing their things in, like, a 12-hour period, you could bang out, like, a 14-minute ethereal trip song. That could be fucking wild. Like, that that kind of shit appeals to me. But mostly in my regular life, I like to just smoke the dope and here and there pretend I can drink and then regret it the next day and be one of those people. Yeah,
1: I know the feeling, yeah. I'm not a big drinker at all, at all, at all
0: i'm okay with it if i have to, but freestyle. yeah once in a while i'm okay
1: with yeah exactly you know get to that tipsy level yeah. perfect
0: so i did a freestyle Just to open the gates alcohol. a bit. it wasn't good got a tipsy they responded i'm like okay listen listen <laughs> <Lesson> fucking learn. <laughs> i'm not that good yet <laughs>
1: I was never good at freestyles, man. Even back in the days when I was calling myself a rapper, I was I was never the cat that would you know like just come off the bat with like eight bars like that. And my whole surrounding, every, everybody I knew, were like that, like spinning bars after bars. And I can maybe spit like four bars or eight bars like that. And that was it. And then I get lost, you know. And everybody else around me was spitting sixteens and thirty fours and and ten minutes of this and nonstop that. And you had to shut them up. And I was in the corner like, hey, Robo, it's your turn. I'll pass I'll pass you know <laughs> I got nothing I got nothing mm. but hey you know like it goes with the territory you know
0: on the other hand you perform for 30,000 people in another country yeah that's that's kind of that's one kind
1: song of, yeah bro. yeah it was cool
0: Yo, like it was that, an experience I'm not gonna lie if I don't do that secretly I don't win. I have to do that at least once in my soul or I don't win. Like, it's not about money. It's about being in that position. No.
1: Yeah, totally, man. Because I didn't get paid for none of that. Man. And I didn't care, man. And like I told you, I didn't realize until like maybe a week after I did it. When no, I right. saw the clips on, on TV and I saw the, we would absolutely the pictures on the newspaper.
0: And I would 100% be using it in promotional material after because thankfully we <laughs> live in the of Somebody's
1: got that somebody's got that it might be on the net somewhere i have no idea now that we're talking about it I might look for it because i don't have a copy of that man it wasn't the time where phones had cameras and shit so
0: which is arguably why the whole 2000s is a very not documented era plus a couple other like, absolutely man. but like price but yeah no it makes sense and then you get to this era where it's like hey eh. you know like I, I think about how much shit i deleted where i'm like hmm, yeah boy how many like fucking bad freestyles or things like all that's gold bro that's like documentary fodder. yeah like, man
1: creative. i wish i had a bunch of, yeah totally agree with you i wish i had a bunch of cyphers a bunch of shows we did at venues and parks and this and that i wish i had all that put all that together document it. you know well
0: at least you can do this kind of shit this is why y'all got to get on your tiktoks and tell stories and shit I don't know if you TikTok. but you, know, you should TikTok.
1: I don't, but yeah, everybody's been telling us, man. You guys should TikTok big time. Yo, it's just, but we're putting all that together. You it's, know? Just, it's that's, so easy. that's exactly what we're doing. TikTok is too I easy guess.
0: to ignore. That's the only problem with it. Like, bro, it really could be as simple as, yo, let me tell you something. Blah 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 blah. Done. TikTok recorded in your TikTok, cover. and then you edit it <laughs> after. Again. I'm not even fucking kidding. Um, I don't have real numbers, but I have been playing with it. And if you have a provocative thought or an idea, then put it on the fucking TikTok. And like, sometimes instead of telling the girlfriend and annoying her, I can tell the TikTok and then I get it out and it's the same shit.
1: (laughs) And then you touch a bunch of girls with the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) But, um,. Yeah, no, that's just kind of You
1: see that's the thing with us. We we we're still getting all that together, you know. We're 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 still seeing what how and where and which and why and and with whom and you know. We're not being picky at all. We're just letting it flow, nah, I bro, guess, I you get know. It.
0: I act like it's intuitive to me after doing it for a really long time, so I make it sound easier. But, like, low-key, it took me a year of loafing on TikTok, and I probably missed the, like, I could have been getting 1,000 views from my 200 views if I had just done the same shit I'm doing now a year ago. But my brain wasn't ready for the talk. I wasn't ready for it. I get it. And now now I'm ready for it. it. Now I'm a whore for this shit. Now it's more like I'm just ready for the fact that, like, you know what I think people are afraid of low key is that you're going to get famous yeah. or not for being the rapper or not. It's not going to be that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree.
0: Because I realized I have fans of my Facebook statuses. It's fucking corny. They don't give a shit about anything else I do, but they fucks with my Facebook statuses. And if there was a way to monetize Facebook statuses, I'd be fucking richer than I am today because I got yeah, fans. No I've tested it, bro. I've written shit like 1700 words. They've read the whole thing. Like I've done some weird shit to prove that. Like I got fans on Facebook, and then they don't care about anything else I do. And then I, had to, <laughs> I know like, the feeling, bro. And then I had to like think about that. It's pro- it's still cool. It means they fuck with me. I guess that's dope. And then I yeah exactly
1: it. they still do. Exactly. And then they still I realized,
0: do. cool. That's what TikTok and shit is like. It's like people fucking with you more than what you do. And I think that's why people are yeah, afraid man. of it.
1: Yeah, the organic side of you—that's the thing. They love—they—they they love to see the, you know, like where you're at right now. They love to see, oh, what's that in the back? Mm. Oh, he's got a boombox there. Oh, he's got this. He's got, you know. They love to see, you know, the 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 organic of it. You know, oh, I man, guess. Because listen, on my on my stories, I'll put a picture with me and and the wife and the kids in a park, and I'll get like four hundred views in in two hours, right? But then again, I'll put me and Heavy doing a little freestyle or me creating a beat and I'll get 20 views, you know, and I'll get maybe a few hearts. But then for with the kids or with the stroller or, you know, the sun is beautiful. Look how gorgeous that bird is passing, you know, the sun. And then I pan out and you see my kids afar. I'll get 3000 views so on a story.
0: I mean, I'm not saying to use your kids, but what we as artists have to do <laughs> is to learn that lesson, though like for real like it's not like i mean there's a meme of like cat video up your content but that's shitty you don't do that but you know i started doing shit like uh so i take the bus right and i went to murk miyagi's crib in la salle and so i just filmed snippets of my trip it was the corniest fucking thing ever to do but i put my song under it in the tiktok and i know that that got like four or five hearts or whatever and it's like yo what's up chris chrome shout out chris chrome for setting this up <clears throat>
1: Um, shout out chris crow man
0: but like yeah and i realized that there's so many ways to just leverage that kind of like thing people cared about my bus ride because like we're all locked up and it's cool because you're seeing me go to LaSalle. and if you care about any of that shit you do and people who don't live in montreal love that shit because it's montreal and i don't think we in montreal know how cool our city is yo when i was flat because we went to new york in november we were flying back in, I watched this, like, Florida flight attendant lady who had never flown to Montreal geek over Montreal the way I had just geeked over fucking New York a week ago. Like, she was me.
1: Imagine that. And it yeah. was
0: such a culture shock. And then I saw the bridge, which we all got to shut the fuck up. That shit is fire it makes the city look so good and it's worth a hundred million dollars and we are blessed to have a fucking cool ass bridge that people see when they fly into montreal that's what i learned about that bridge the
1: new one or the 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 jacques
0: the blue one the lights the one that we were all mad at
1: okay yeah the one with the lights the the brand new one the champlain one the the one that tore down
0: when you see that shit when you're flying in oh really it's like new york city art level bro like we compete at oh fuck okay but nobody flies in to see it
1: Right, yeah, because I I've been on it a bunch of times, right? For work, I got I go all around Montreal, but I've I've never seen it from above.
0: So and it, and you might like it's also like you kind of have to be in tourist mode to see that shit in Montreal. Like you almost have to go to another city and be a tourist for a minute, come back and look for your own. stuff. Right. Yo, Montreal's got like competitive shit. Like we fly, we're not New York, but we close.
1: Yeah, man, we fly. That I totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, New York, it's it's because it's huge. I mean, it's immense. It's massive. That's the thing with New York, you know, especially Manhattan. I mean, the buildings just—it's like ridiculous. You know, it doesn't even look real from afar. It looks like pure metal popping out of anywhere. You know, in Montreal, you see just a few little buildings, and that's about it. But it's just because it's massive. But if you if you would take a part of New York and just look at that part. That's how I see Montreal. Cause mm-hmm. that's how Queens is and Brooklyn is when but you like look at all those boroughs.
0: Like we, like our, our downtown yeah. core is a blessing. I think we all sleep on our downtown core. Yeah. I don't think we all understand uh, totally. how good
1: it is. Totally, you have totally. to go to Toronto totally. and totally. try
0: to party to understand how good Montreal is.
1: Oh fuck! I've been there lots of times. <laughs> yeah. Your know, clubs close at one. Shit. Ain't nobody out there. Shit's
0: so far apart. You need a whip or yeah. or a taxi budget. Yeah,
1: totally. Everything is completely separate and and far from each other Yeah,
0: Montreal, you like fucking pick an area. It's right there. Walk. Oh, cool. I'm going to Crescent tonight. What 33 bars in the vicinity do I want to visit? I don't know if it's going to be like that still. I don't know where the hot spots are. Montreal evolved.
1: Hey, who knows? We're going to see the summer, right? Shit is slowly changing.
0: Imagine all the new venues that are going to come. Because everyone's mad about all the classic venues closing. But what if all the new venues are fire?
1: Let's wait and see, eh? I guess we're gonna we're gonna find out pretty soon.
0: Yeah, March, March, eh? Oh my gosh, the world's opening yeah. in March.
1: Yeah, let's see. Well, everybody else is opening. We're just late. <laughs> we're just late. We're but hey, there. I mean, no, we get in there. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, exactly.
0: Um, when is your next stuff coming? I think you said you had an EP you were working on. When do you think that's? Yeah,
1: gonna like I told you, we don't we don't know yet if we're making an album out of this one. Or if we're just gonna like s- slide in another EP with a- another selection of seven tracks, but it mostly definitely will be that style I was talking to you about earlier. Like that track that we did right. for Clash, it's gonna be that. You know, of course, yeah, there, there'll be a few, you know, like monumental beasts like we did on the, on the first EP. But uh, I think I'm mostly gonna stick to not having any samples and having everything really fresh all the new tracks that we have now they're all tracks that were yeah okay i'm the one who makes the beats but they're all tracks and beats that were that we created together with heavy mm. that heavy was like hey man i'm listening i'm 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 hearing this type of bass watch boom 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 and then i'm like oh do that again and boom boom and do it like that and then right that's right. the kick and snare so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with that but yeah we're we're i think we're like six tracks in so I don't know if I'm going to add one more and just call it a day and day, call it an EP or if we're going to keep going and flick in some of the other tracks that didn't make it on the, on the monumental EP, which are like mostly 90s, you know, boom, bap beats and sample tracks, shit like that. Or I'm just going to stick to this and just drop an album. I, I don't know yet. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Today, right. Well, that's the beauty. We're, we're, we're still producing.
0: And you have all the time. Yeah. The beauty of doing it at this age is there's really no rush. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. No, I'm in no rush, you know, like I think that most of my rush comes from, you know, my other half in, in the music, which is heavy because he's always pushing me to, to do the best that I could do, right? He's like the most motivating person I know in this. And he's been motivating me like this for like the past 15 years. It's just that lately, like we, we've grown as men now, you know, like, yeah, we, we were wild at one point, but there comes a time where, you know, you sit down and be like, hey, man, you know, like, you got to do stuff that 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 can become a legacy, not necessarily that a legacy of, you know, of money-making and, you know, bling and houses and fuck that shit. Just make a legacy right. that you put it a footprint somewhere, you know, you left a footprint somewhere for somebody else to either follow or appreciate or take in and learn from it or whatnot. So I think that's the mode we're at right now. You know, we're pushing each other uh, to be the best that we could be right now for the music or whatever we're doing and to be honest with it. Because it's super easy in music not to be honest with your music and just nice. pretend and and just, like, try to give it a glamour or try to give it a face and a name. That's why we didn't call ourselves, like, a name name, which called it Numbers, you know, 999, because it's, like, the dualism between me and him and what we're doing. And 999 is, like, the beginning of one thing and the ending of another. So mm. it's, like, letting go of what we had and taking it upon ourselves to, to, to what we do have right now to, like, it's what's what's upcoming, you know, and we just added the official because there's a bunch of people in tracks and stuff and albums called 999, which were, you know, deflecting from what we wanted. It. But we wanted it to keep the 999. So we called it official. That's it's the amazing. official nine. <laughs> That's how it came about. Yeah. yeah that- but yeah, we're working on it right now as we speak. I think with the Clash thing, what made it, what uh, Clash did for us and shout out to Sean and all the dudes over there. Natasha marie and everybody down at the at the clash um is that we by the reaction of of others we we sort of looked at each other like shit okay yeah like we know we got something but now other people you know gave it a that's gave wild. it a oomph you know I love a- to
0: hear you say that because i heard that shit uh, you have out and i'm like Oof, that's fire that's like harsh you guys got like it's because it's, it's more abstract than you would expect. I don't know how to fully put it, but it's like really good. It stands out and it feels like it's got. It's it's hard to be like nah. There's a hundred other guys doing it. No, not at least here. Like you guys have. And I'm not just gazing you up. There's there's the way you blend the production with his unexpected takes on the vocal the things and his versatility track to track. And I thought that right. was really impressive. So like. I appreciate that like for me it's like of course you guys are good plus you've been doing this for 20 years plus but
1: i appreciate that man i really appreciate that i'm not just saying that i really do appreciate that because i know it comes from somebody who studies and sees the music and loves it and and it's embedded in you so yeah it it makes a huge difference for us you know know. to me to be honest with you that's my biggest critique because you know music lovers could always say yeah i love your shit i love your shit and that's that's where it stops you know but people who follow the music who who like intricate things and so, like paintings right
0: like you can't sell a like, painting to
1: somebody you know.
0: like i look at it like there's a whole lot of audiences for what you do and in a lot of sense what i think what i try to do is maybe like i'm not gonna be in the mood to listen to your music all the time maybe i feel like i'm gonna be more in the mood for your next project just on how you've described it right but like i listen to what other people bump and I try to keep track of it. Like, I know for a fact that that project you have out right now would do really well with Willie's crowd that fucking obsesses over golden era hip-hop like it's the greatest shit ever. Yeah. And I know that. I just know that they're gonna hear it, and I see what they fucking light up for in the comments, and I try to pay attention to, like, audiences. I like to, like, i have the girlfriend test now i can i I try to run shit if she's not doing some corny head bop knee tap bullshit is not it for that it's going to dude land and now i can just rap about boring shit because it's dude land
1: yeah absolutely
0: and i, I kind of absolutely so I look, sometimes i love i love rapping about what i call boring shit shit that only rappers care about
1: <laughs> it's boring about shit. Yeah. i know man well, you see, that's why you know, I wanted to bring something else to the table, you know, because what we did with monumental has been done. It's, I'm not going to lie to you. you know? It was actually it was me and Heavy coming together and being like, yo, bro, let's, let's pick back up where we left off in 2008, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's pick back up from there where we met each other and we started doing Grammy shit. Let's pick back up, actually finish it this time, actually give it a name, actually have a cover, an album cover, put it out there now that there's platforms and all kinds you pay 59.99 and you're on distro or on here or on there and blah 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 and it spreads it everywhere Yep. how about let's just finish this one thing but now we're we're off that we're over that now we're like coming into you know like I guess I don't know if you you would say that the real in us or what's really real about us but I think that the real passion side of it is going to come out with our next project You know, you're really going to see really who we really are, you know, I guess, in a way.
0: That's what people want. Plus, I think there's a real thing that, like, people kind of do like watching older dudes rap still, especially older dudes who still are on YouTube. Like, yo, my entire audience is 25 to 35 for the most part. I mean, yeah, there's exceptions, but, like, nah, like, there's just too many old people, and old people have bigger wallets. We're all misplaying. We're all trying too hard to compete with the guys. Like M&M markets to 16-year-olds. Why would you want to target on that guy? Like who are you trying to impress there? I can't. I don't have a machine that tells me what 16-year-olds are going to think is hot. Nah, B. Absolutely. I I think people need better role models that are more in line with this like how to make money off of 30-year-olds that like to put $5 a month in the things market. Like YouTubers. That's how YouTubers make money.
1: yeah. Yeah, true. Like promos and shit, and they get to check at the end of the month. Yeah, totally agree.
0: Patreon's a heavy tool, my guy. Patreon's wonderful, and y'all, every rapper should fucking open a Patreon just off the jump. Um, because Patreon is like people pay you X amount a month for X, as in you can put a tier that says for one dollar a month you just show love and you get fucking nothing, and you could all turn that on today. And nobody ever does. And if we created a culture right. of Patreon, we would all make more money off of people getting habituated. Stop pushing album sales. Push your Patreons. You'll make more money. Right. Two people pay me $25 USD a month. I'm like, that's one person giving me more money than other people might hustle off of some other shit. Not a lot, but like you got yeah, recurring people over time and one person will give you hundreds of dollars over years.
1: Right. Yeah, I get
0: that. And that's like
1: Well I man when I started the gram, I started posting like small clips when back in the days when they will only let you like thirty seconds of the shift. Now I think it's a minute now. Yeah. But long uh long when I started long posting long, but yeah. Longer yeah? They have the minute
0: about. that it plays, then they have the yeah, ten the minutes reels, that you can go to videos yeah. for, then real anyway, there's a lot of choices there. Yeah,
1: exactly. But when I started with the first first seconds they would give you i started with like just little clips of my beats and with a little record spinning and i would edit it in final cut and give it like a little video thing i went skyrocket all the way i think to like ten thousand people in less than three months I like organic followers organic because i was pushing it every day and i was you know clicking and sending and going to other people's pages and posting it there and clicking it back to the link and whatever as soon as i stopped that and i started putting like songs songs and and beats that I really liked and giving them life with a, with a, with a cover and whatever went down right away. And I was wondering like, what, what happened there? Like, I don't get it. Cause I used to have like 30 seconds. Now I got a minute. Now I'm posting actual videos of me, like doing the beat and chopping it up and giving it a cover type thing and editing it and giving it nice colors. And now my, my followers are going down. So what they really like that spontaneous shit that where you just, choose something and put the beat in the back like if it wasn't even meant to be and just flick it like you said before with the cat thing you know or are you on the bus yeah Yeah. that's what's going on is it the algorithm that's fucking with uh, me so here's my
0: theory um our generation's version of machismo looks real bitch to a bunch of young men that think we're a bunch of overblowing guys posturing for fucking bravado and they like that real shit And so like when men puff up their chest and get loud and start, like, it's just corny to the kids. It's not how you be a man. That's not even manly to anybody anymore. So I think that changed. And in a lot of ways, the level of perfection chasing that people who clearly can't afford that life are chasing. Like, that's part of why my shit looks so bootleg. I am like, guys, I need money like you know like there's no fucking dissolution exactly. i'm not the rapper to rap about fucking having money i panic yo i spend money i trip balls we've spent 50 dollars on uber eats i have remorse <laughs> like it's, it's fucking guilt and shit after i wake up the next day like shouldn't have fucking got that fucking uber eats but you know like that's every time And like i don't know that's where i'm at in life i'm not doing bad but that's where i'm at in life you know like so i don't like misrepresent it i mean i guess there's a degree of fantasy but like i think that that like perfection chasing is really just like weird unless you can maintain it and like yo it's it's not about quality right like i put effort into trying to put the ratios of the fucking elements on the screen and like (laughs) you know i try to make the ambiance look i ate enough you know like But, like, the quality is meant to be the conversation here. If we're doing a music video, okay, we can do different shit. And it's like, but I also see people try, and no disrespect to anyone else, but people try really hard on podcasts that are going to get, like, 100 views at the end of the day. It's like, maybe we're trying too hard. And I think there's a lot of trying too hard, and it comes off really corny. So, like, I mean, that's how I feel. That's and I, I feel that way. I can only imagine a lot of other people do. So, like, when I see all these weird Airbnb moments and shit, it's like, all right, cool. But, like, A, a lot of us can replicate it. So, it's not hard. And so, that's why I do long podcasts because they're hard. It's hard to do this, to maintain this chat, like, three times a week type shit. Um, I think that's more interesting than, like, it looking nice.
1: It is. To at Because I'm a be guy weird. that, I'm trying to that attract. likes that. Yeah, because I like to watch interviews that are long, you know? When I'm watching interviews, like, yeah, I used to watch the Vlads, I haven't seen any of them anymore in yeah. a while. I he used to have know. some that are, like, an hour and a half. Yeah, it was true. You know, the Breakfast Club and all that.
0: Joe Rogan talked you know, to like, fucking Alex Jones for five hours, and I watched all of it. And I said, wow. Yeah, exactly. I watched a five-hour yeah. interview.
1: And you wouldn't give a shit what's behind them. The only thing that you're watching, like you said, the quality of the the, the whole mm. the whole purpose of it is is the it's the talk, it's the combo, it's the dialogue.
0: And I, th- I don't get me wrong, I think this th- to a degree it matters. Like I put books and shit, like you know, like a degree of it matters. Like it used to look shittier, and I think it. However, when it looked shittier, I did better. Actually, now that I'm thinking, yo, Lindell, remember when it sounded like ass and we were on the couch? Because Lindell here been around since like. He's watched every one of my YouTube videos and left a little comment on him. Um, but, yeah, it used to sound like ass, and I used to get thousands of views, and now we try hard, and we, like, take it seriously. And, I like, my album reviews, we used to just be, like, white people sounding like white people, to be honest, and it did really well. <laughs> then we got all fucking educated and learned shit, because so, you don't want to be white people sounding like white people. You don't want to be that, so you learn. And then we got civil. We used to fucking argue more, and, like, nobody gave a shit. It's like, oh, you guys are just going to be, like uh, – focused on caring about the musical quality. No, what's crazy is with the right, right albums, man, people love that shit. It's just, I don't know how to pick the right, right albums. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to figure out the album review game. Right. But yeah, the calmer we got, the more like, and the studio upgrades, because I mean, obviously at a certain point, you're going to put more money into your shit.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, exactly.
0: I feel like it, it hurt me a little bit in growth, and people want to support you more when you're like in the shittiest of shittiest. <laughs>
1: Yeah, of course. Of course. They were like, I told you before, they they want to see you in the, the most organic, the, what they can relate to, you know, because what's the reality of it, you know, like what's the percentage of your fans or the people that watch you or listen to my shit that are really like that, that are up there, you know, that made it in life and whatnot. And that are, you know, that, they, they, you know, that they're up there, let's just call it that they're up the pyramid, you know, and everybody else was below the pyramid. They're just there like watching up what's, what's, What's the statistic of how many of those are really there to watch the quality of your show instead of the quality of what you're talking about? If your show's a, a talking show, yeah. right?
0: Like, I mean, What's... I couldn't give a shit what the fucking uh, Breakfast Club's office look like. I mean, I think it looks like ass, to be honest with you. It looks like a fucking boring video fucking room. And then, like, I mean i thought about doing all kinds of fancy shit and i was really i was about to put money into design work and then i just found these free purple boxes i'm going to use that you'll see after and it was like cool these look nice enough and i stopped trying that hard i got my i paid for logos and stuff sure but like now i mean and i want to level up and gloss up over time but like this is what we're at this is what we can afford she didn't work for a year and a half absolutely thank god she got a job well you now. do what you do man but like covid took hits so nobody was expecting some of the shit to go out the way it did and i'm like i'm i've just not you know what it was the 90s hip-hop did teach me one thing keep it real homie and i took that shit way to heart to my chagrin i found out maybe that's if you're like me it's you gotta do a little bit of glossing <laughs> Glassings, important. yeah, man. But like, <clears throat> in general, yeah, yeah I totally. Like, agree. It, it, this is a fine set. Yeah, it is. Thanks, Willie. But it, this isn't even the first iteration of the setup of my stream because Willie's responding to what I was saying. But I had to learn how to graphically arrange stuff so it doesn't look so fucking tacky and shit, and how to space stuff a bit. But like, nah. I mean, being authentic is fucking weird, though. But it's just the weird thing because people—you're not going to be in the algorithm
1: absolutely i get it
0: but that's cool i don't know yeah it is what it is man it's a big struggle
1: <laughs> like i said you're doing it that's the most important shit of out of all this conversation is that you're doing it you know
0: i love it though
1: we way. could be talking about the biggest podcast dudes and they could be crappy but they're doing it you know and you could talk about the lowest grade dude doing the podcast I like, the one and
0: thing is is we would never have had this chat like, what's the likelihood you and I would have ever sat down outside of this context and had this chat? I agree. That's the blessing for me. Like, the biggest of all the blessings that it
1: could be, like, in my like whenever. It could have been at a show. It could have been at a, you know, at an event. It would have been, like, a
0: quick. And not
1: this long. It would have been really brief and quick, and that would have been that. And,
0: like, the likelihood yeah. of you ever inviting me, or, you know, like, nah. It's not going. I'm, like, way too young to be really chilling with y'all. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you know what? Next time we're we we we're recording either a new track or we're doing something, come over, man. We got this little spot studio at the heavies in La Salle. So yeah, I'm not even... Maybe no, you could come through and... Oh,
0: man, once the cycle season kicks in, uh, I know that it takes me 22 minutes to cycle to, like, where the fucking uh, Mandarin used to be. Gotcha. So, not even much farther to get to other places. I'd be, like... I'm really into that shit. I'm, I'm into that cycle. Yeah, life. let's do it. But yo, anytime that we can, man. I mean, because that's what this is for me is to like build out and then see what the world is. Yeah, exactly. Build up. And then the yeah, more, then we all link up. And yo, What my dream is like we hit parks. Yo, fuck it. Let's so say we hit angry on park, man. Set up, find one of those spots. And it becomes the spot hidden deep in the park. And if you know, you know. We create vibes like that. Yo, Willie's totally like, bad, I want to yeah, come. Man. He's in uh, k town, so he's a stone's throw away from Texas, as he puts it. Oh shit! Now nah, there's a lot bubbling in old man hip hop, as I'm calling it. But I think we all got to acknowledge it's old man hip hop.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But hey, man, it's good. We're still here kicking it.
0: Yeah, facts, and no, we're, we're all here for a long time. Like we all got twenty, thirty years of career. Like that's the beauty of yeah, it. No I mean, you can be a seventy-year-old rapper. It's fucking rap. You can be a 70 year old rapper. It's dope.
1: Yeah. Well, we're seeing the old school become that, man. I mean, all these cats that everybody was criticizing them at the Super Bowl and laughing at 50 being fat and everything. But I'm like, Bro, is that what you saw? Can you do that? I want, because
0: I'll be really working on my abs right now. Like, abs is my main focus. Bro, I can't do a curl up to save my fucking life like he did. None of us could. He just fucking. Drop down like he's twenty something. And yeah, man. Fine. All he had and he to was say, twenty-four when he did that. All he had to say was go, but fuck off. Like you can say go six times in a row proper and then drop down and rap a
1: fucking verse. Yeah, man. The only youngster in there was Kendrick, man. That was it. Everybody else was an OG. Yeah. Everybody else. Yeah, I mean, even like though Drake didn't shit. really, you know Yeah, man. They're all in their fifties. I mean I think 50, uh, 50 cents he's in yeah, his yeah. M's like 40 late 40s or something
0: but yeah. I mean, but imagine man yeah.
1: m&m i mean come on man. Yeah, as, as everybody people. criticizing but that's not the point you know uh, the point is that they're, they're, they're still there in relevance anderson
0: you know? pack was on drums i was like looking at him and i'm like anderson pack had the best night of every. oh yeah it's and
1: true anderson was, pack was on the drums he was true unapologetically and he was
0: singing along like fuck out of here i'm yeah. at
1: the super bowl
0: um that was exactly like that I was, I was my favorite part of that thing. He was my favorite part. He was happier than I've I don't think I'll ever be happy like Anderson Pack gets happy. I don't know that I'll ever feel his level of happiness in my life. And it's like almost inspiring to see that.
1: That was crazy. That was actually crazy, yeah. I totally agree with that moment. Yeah. But everybody sees this, things differently, you know? Yeah. like you know the kids nowadays would have maybe wanted you know trap rappers to be there and I'm pretty sure it'll happen in any given time too you know yeah, like... what
0: Well I mean I could see how like a uh, uh maybe a, a me goes in 8 9 years but like yeah, exactly. I don't even think so I think like the Super Bowl is for people in their 40s
1: Yeah true
0: And like true even myself like Mary J. Blige came on, and I was like, I don't give a fuck about Mary J. Blige. <laughs> like, she has, <laughs> da, 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 da. she has that one song, and then the other song I didn't yeah. know. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Kendrick's dope, but it felt out of place. Uh, and then like, It did.
1: It did, yeah.
0: And then the rest of them. Made... I, I
1: said the same thing. It felt out of place. Totally. The
0: rest of them was cool, but like I haven't listened to Eminem in like, I don't know. I haven't listened to Snoop, and I don't know none of those songs. Like and I, they're that
1: old and doing it still, you know.
0: I mean, I respect them all, that. and I really like. There's the nostalgia vibe, but like, I'm not that big of a nostalgia guy, so like, it didn't hit me like that. It was like, this is nice, and then I moved on with my life. and, <laughs> yeah, and be, like, exactly. I was totally. more into the set design actually. That was that was really fun. Like looking at the the cool trucks and the way they like were on a Google Maps of Compton and like. That, yeah. that was the fieriest part of that shit for me. And, like, the choreography. Check his
1: shit in the back and all the Illuminati. <laughs> but like, we're not going to get into that.
0: <laughs> the, the performances were, like, okay. It was, like, a nice medley. And then when Eminem did Lose Yourself, I was like, get the fuck out of here. You did that? Yeah. I should have done Forgot about Dre or something, you know, like a good one. Or
1: like- exactly. I said the same thing, like, <sighs> that one.
0: And it was just, like, okay, what a way to, like, anyway it was just... yeah because
1: probably that's his most engrossing you know track of them all i guess
0: yeah, yeah. i get it but still it was disappointment in a bus. yeah
1: <laughs> was like, yeah well you know
0: and uh to them
1: it's like yeah well at least we were there you know and i there love
0: that they were there i'm so happy just like yeah. when i started seeing french rappers on the bus on the at back of the bus is connoisseur and ticasso and these guys they were starting to get bus ads I'm like I don't know who the fuck these guys are but they're rappers and they're on the bus
1: yeah true I saw that too Tizo. that yeah, dude, Tizo. Tizo. that's it Tizo. yeah I saw him on the back on the side of a bus actually and you're like a whole thing yeah this is the same city you know
0: that was like shutting down hip hop <laughs> at bars you know at a minute and then there's like the Fende Febla where like Basics fucking rapped on fucking TV and shit and it was like I know yeah. that guy and he's on TV rapping
1: yeah one of the dudes who's the creator of that show who's from uh, end of the week is a dude that used to be with us back in the days in the group medicine i told you about uh sick he's an old member of that which one azteca caime emilio
0: i think i know him. he's
1: one of the creators of uh i am definitely he's a he's half chilean half mexican
0: if i haven't met him i've talked to him because at one point i started doing a show with end of the week new york so i was like i should probably go like tell quebec i'm doing this shit i don't know how they feel right they were cool with it they're like oh that's cool and then we never really talked again because covid
1: (laughs) they're cool dudes man they're really cool dudes man they took it to the next level you know
0: i they put it on tv like yeah man exactly everything about that is next level and honestly the more i've learned about what end of the week is the more i have big respect for them holding it down here and just wrapping that chapter. absolutely that's a hard sell <laughs> it's a yeah hard and now they're going to do
1: the anglophone uh, version Are they? working on the yeah man which is going to be crazy
0: yeah i'm not even going to try uh maybe i should try what am i saying i'd be stupid and to... everyone should try of course this.
1: man of course. I'm gonna try it for
0: yo, but because I know the contest, bro. Like I know what this
1: contest is. Doesn't matter. Know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know. That's how it makes you feel, you know. You the first thing out of your mouth was, "I should, I should try uh, it." So that's, you know, right then yeah, and there, that you know, I the, should
0: do that shit. It would be, so- yo, Willie. We should all try. Make a whole stream out of absolutely fucking things till we get told to turn off your fucking cameras.
1: Yeah, man. Totally. Exactly. Nah, I'm into
0: it, but no, nah, I didn't know they were doing the English side. I, I'm I'm not. Yeah, I
1: don't know if it's gonna be televised though. I don't I don't I don't know how they're doing it. I just heard they're doing. it.
0: Well, I know they have like the IRL contest and shit, and I have expressed yeah. some level a degree of wanting to be in it. Um, so cause yeah, I'm willing to like I'll go to their like fucking like I went to the alleyway to hang out with them one time over COVID, <laughs> and I was like rapping in the alleys with them that cause yo monkeys fucking kind of fire to rap with and shit, and like some of these guys are really like. Damn it. Like, it, it's not that I care that they know I rap, per se, but I care that they know I rap. You know, like, I don't want yeah, I don't want to be, like, you don't want to be typecasted as a podcast guy. Right. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's good times. I fucks with all of this. I fuck, this is the fact that there's so much of this that's happening. Plus, the festivals. I don't know if you saw yeah, how man. much hip-hop was prominently featured over the summer last year in, like, bigger things. Oh, like, fuck. Like.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah, big time, man. Even Willie, More than ever.
0: Willie got to rap at Cabot Square. Like, all kinds of shit be going on. Anyway.
1: Yeah, man. We've been thinking about it. I'm thinking about if I do get this, this, this EP or album, whatever it's called, this new shit, right? Not the monumental one, but we do get it ready soon. I'm thinking of going and dropping it because I know a few people there. I'm pretty sure they'll take it for serious. It's just I don't know how about it how to go about it, you know, on our site, you know, to go about it. Yeah. It's easy. A few phone calls, a few drop offs sending emails, blah, blah, blah. That's the, that's the boring part of this all, you know,
0: that's the part most that's of the, us, the, the, the connections. So here's the thing. Most of us suck at that part.
1: Yeah, we do. I
0: don't, That's the part we I'm do. learning right now. I have to, like, Yeah. but yeah, but what's the other Totally,
1: side? I suck at that shit too, but I got good at it by doing my regular job.
0: Mm.
1: You know, by doing what I do to bring, bring back home the bacon land, as they say, you know, my bread and butter. I'm so good at it for that, for my company, that now I know how to do it for my music. And it took that. And I'm pretty sure my, my, my partner, Heavy, says would say the same, the same thing. I'm pretty sure he would say the same thing. Because mm. he's independent as well. He's a life coach. He's a trainer, personal trainer. And he doesn't de- depend on no one. And he's not getting any checks off of hip-hop, and we're not getting any checks off of hip-hop. We never did get it. Hip-hop never paid a, never gave food to my kids. So, you know, I respect it, I love it, but for the passion of it. Now, to actually make a career out of it, if I would have to, you know, like, you know, think of all these little things like we're talking about, sending emails, and that, that's what a manager does, you know. And I'm not willing at this point in my life to start looking for a manager to, you know, to, so to, that's where, like,
0: I think the solution is collectivism. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, absolutely. I don't want a manager, but I definitely want to work with like seven people with a shared mission that each of us can do one part of the grunt work. Absolutely. Because, like, yeah. that's what the little ones are doing, I think. And, like, I really- Yeah, that's
1: exactly what they're doing and like that's exactly so new so yeah. i'm
0: trying to find some white collar people low-key i'm soft pitching my colleagues like they don't know this but like i'm like yo i like was telling a guy today i'm like frankly we all need somebody like you around none of us is grounded like you're just not an artist we need a guy like you at some point to just be there and be like your ideas are trash because you guys are being fucking weirdo artists right now and you don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like hmm so, yeah, like, it's like, but that's another thing is all of us are artists hanging out with artists and none of us have not that many non-artists in the clique.
1: Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. That's another that's one. That's exactly what it is. And I haven't figured yeah. out how
0: to make non-artists want to be in the clique. It's a hard sell.
1: Yeah. It's a hard sell. But I mean, once you get that crowd, it's a whole new different ball. Game, that's for sure. That's fact. Because right. then that, you know, that exposure goes way beyond what your imagination take you somebody else is doing another job that you didn't even need it to be done in the first place, you know, it'll get you places that, you know.
0: Honestly, yeah, man, like off camera, there's some really interesting things that are brewing just because of this. And it's not like anything more than just the dedication to it. I don't know. Like people can tell that clearly I'm going to do this if I don't get paid. So they fuck with that. And right. I don't mean like fans or whatever. I mean like people that do shit like actually right. have things going that are just better versions of what i have so we're looking on how to like okay let's piggyback off of other people's networks a little bit more and migrate up and like level up in the world and and uh, absolutely because yo, twitch is social if you ever get into twitch bro it's it's like an anti-algorithm it's it's all like discord just you live on discord okay and network get it. and you have to go like so, like, I raid into next man's after this, and then I, f- I realize he's in fucking VR, and uh, we have to go be friends with him because we're trying to invade VR so that we can be the Montreal VR pipeline. And, like, you know, you have to go find the people doing the things because everything's hard, <laughs> but then there's no special, so it's more organic. Organic, no, it is organic. Organic is misconstrued as free, but organic is really just community efforts and all the fucking peopling. Like when I post seven times a day on Facebook, that's organic effort just to put brand thought leadership out there and shit like that. So like, yeah, like it is organic like that. And it's hard because like, it's like dating (laughs) too. So it's like organic and it's like (laughs) Tinder all at the same time. And it's it's all yeah. it's fun. I like it because
1: we're in a crazy era.
0: But it's cool because you can kind of suck sometimes, and that part's amazing. Like it doesn't have to be perfect anymore. And I'd rather that world than no. the other week.
1: Absolutely. Sure. So, um, yeah, that perfectionism is is played out, man. So, totally corny and tacky. Played out.
0: That's definitely what it's gonna be, man. I appreciate you a lot, dude. I really enjoyed this conversation. Appreciate you too, man um honestly do you have any like final things you want to say to the folk out there so we can wrap it up before it drones on and it gets kind of not hot hey man
1: check out our check out our stuff on youtube 999 official we got a full ep there seven tracks yeah i have the links all different so bless it up check it out we're coming up with more and we're working on it right now as we speak. And check us out when the Clash competition starts, and they start posting all the the series out of all the, the MCs and groups that were there. Shout out to uh, Chris Chrome for for this opportunity. Who's nice. awesome enough to to give us props for the tracks. But then he started talking about this, a whole bunch of other things featuring you. So yeah, big shout out, out to, to that dude and his. And his uh, his partner, I'm sorry, got more Greatness. Kimo, yes, he he wrote me the other day on Facebook. Totally awesome dudes. And by the way, they got tracks because I noticed I was listening. They got Yo, they got lyrics. They got I tracks.
0: Kimo, Kimo randomly fell into my life by accident. Kimo, okay. So what happened was, you know how Facebook groups be? chemo posted some petty shit like. But nobody's gonna like this post and i was in a mood so i fucking <laughs> clicked on his shit i fucking clicked like took a screenshot and slapped that shit down and said fuck out of here <laughs> don't be an assumptive asshole i <laughs> like
1: yo cool ass dudes man and then Honestly. he like
0: hit me up after like yo bro i didn't even know and then next thing you know he's at my crib one day and we started like chilling but he got me booked twice in covid dude He got me booked twice in COVID. Like, what? How? And he calls himself the key to more greatness. And I have to give him his props. Of all the people I know. More
1: props to chemo. He has
0: been a key to more greatness than a lot more other people have been in terms of, like, real talk shit. And so I really think chemo is one of those guys that will work harder than most other people. And that's why you're going to hear what he comes with. And it's going to be really weird and out there. And people are going to write him off a lot, but he's just going to keep getting better. And then by the time he's 35, because I think he just turned 30, he's going to kick the shit out of most people he raps against because he's
1: also a hustler. For sure. And on another level as well, man. I noticed that. I even told him. And it's like, it's cool. One thing I noticed about the tracks about what, well, I heard one track, right? First thing I noticed right away, it had a lot of emotion. And I like that, Mm. you know, I really like that. Music needs to give me an an emotion, you know, music for moods, you know, I'm totally for that, not music for moments or whatever, music for the mood, you know, and he gave that to me, right? When we were listening, we were like, yo, these guys got, these guys got heartfelt shit. They're wearing their heart on their sleeves right now, you know, for a competition, you know, so I, I totally fucks with them. And they're, they're they're awesome. Those two dudes are sick, sick, sick. can't wait to, to be in the studio or do something or just be around and just talk to these oh, sick man. dudes, man.
0: For real, these two guys are like, I could break them down anytime. <laughs> like, Let's do it. Two, like, fucking easy peasy. Like, Chris is my guy. Chris is going to watch this and be like, I got a message well i got to that part of the video and then (laughs) chemo that's easy peasy me and chemo's like we cool like i put chemo on a on a song like a couple years back because like i was like yeah let's do it he put me on some shit recently it's like it is such like a tone shift when he starts rapping but it's so fucking enjoyable (laughs) um Anyway, I really appreciate you coming through. I also appreciate everyone watching who came through. Like, I see you still here, Willie and Lindell. Lindell sticks through for the whole fucking thing every time. He's like a gangster like that. Like, three hours and change he's been here with us. I think like your shit. part a little less than three hours, but he's been here watching your music for that long and shit. So appreciate everybody that is watching it. Plus all y'all in the future that aren't here watching it and are not live, you're still appreciated too. Like, comment, subscribe, Absolutely. all that good stuff. You know, you know the YouTube and others game. Links in description so you can follow the nine 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 officials and hear their wonderful music. It will all be there. And yeah, I really enjoyed this a lot, man. I'm like i'm really glad that we appreciate you man and on that absolutely more to come facts man uh live long and prosper everybody
1: yes one love man and thanks for this opportunity